0: Hello, good morning, happy new year. So let us listen to the Bill Hawkins on how to contact and invite. I just want to start off by saying this is a phenomenal scenario where we get an opportunity
1: to have Bill Hawkins, a man with over 30 years of experience in this industry here in our town to teach the most critical topic of all topics in our industry on contacting and inviting, prospecting, and building your your successful businesses. And for us to be here at this time in history is absolutely awesome. So, we uh, give a very warm Northern California welcome for Mr. Bill Hawkins. Thanks, Terry. Appreciate you, thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Go ahead and have a seat. Thanks very much. Um, I was talking to Ron earlier and uh, actually we were going to, what month is this? September. September. We were thinking about doing it in June and uh, I didn't get my stuff ready. So uh, I think I'm ready now today and we're going to go through this and uh, talk about the whole prospecting and approaching people and putting our fantastic business model in front of people. And uh, uh, I've got everything. What we're, we're going to do on this new CD is we're going to mark it by category, and so that I think there's 12 or 13 categories, and then what you're going to be able to do is just like a CD in a car or whatever, you're going to be able to go back and click on the song or the portion or the category that you want to listen to, so uh, we'll start off with introductory comments and uh, um, introduction type type things. I made my first prospecting CD in 1987. And it was about three or four years prior to that that I would just teach it over and over and over again, and so when we could actually get it out at that time on cassette tape, that was pretty cool. And uh, it's uh, been translated into many many languages over the years. I think eleven last time I counted it. I've got it. I've got copies of some of the old translations at home, and I don't understand a word of them. But uh, it's so it's it's been fun, and it's really. It's the number one issue in our business, and I think this is the fifth or sixth rendition of this that I'm doing. So uh, over 30 years of uh, experience, like Terry mentioned, in this business, and have never not been in a prospecting or approaching people role. And I'm going to talk about why that's important today. Um, When I made my last uh, prospecting talk, it was five years ago. And the world was a different place five years ago. You had the stock market running wild. You had the housing boom and the economy was, was roaring and people were living on borrowed money. And <clears throat> I think a lot of people started to call for the fact that we were in a bubble and that things were gonna turn around. I don't know that a lot of people saw it was gonna be as bad as it is out there. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable what's happening and uh, for sure in my 30 plus years in this business, it's the toughest economic times I've ever seen. And remember, I got in when Jimmy Carter was president and uh, you had uh, double digit inflation, you had a prime lending rate that was off the chart. My wife and I, we bought our first house uh, our first nice house in uh, 1981, late 81, early 82, we got 17 and three quarter percent interest on that house, uh, and we were happy to get it. And uh, that's back when we took payments on things. But uh, so as you look at this this afternoon, now we're in a situation where most long term forecasts are. It's not getting any better. Uh, I was at a. My, my high school class gets together informally every year, and then every five years we try to do an organized event. So last Saturday night, a bunch of us were together, and of course, you know, I'm pushing 60 now, so being a little older, we, still, we talk politics and retirement and things, I guess, that are supposedly taboo. Uh, but uh, during that comment, I made, uh, during that I, I made a comment that I said, the only statistic you really need to know about economically where we're going, is the gross domestic product is really how much money's moving around out there. It's not how much profit is made. It's just the total money of, that moves. In. And uh, so th- I don't really know that we have any capacity to ever retire the debt that we're carrying. And if, you, know, you could build a real good case for the, 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 the United States of is bankrupt at this point in time. And now we're just buying time is all you're doing, avoiding the inevitable. So what I want to do today is I want to put a, an urgency on this because we have such a good time. And part of what we're going to do here today is we're going to be looking for the people that are looking as we go out of here today. We're not going to look for the people that aren't looking. We're going to to frisk them for a dream, I heard it said one time, and find out if they had one. And I'm going to give you my opinions based on my experience. Everybody has their own style, okay? And you have to gut this one out to develop your own style. I also want you to know that nothing I'm going to teach you today works 100% of the time, okay? Okay? Uh, I want you to know that this is going to be a lot of work, and I'm talking months and maybe years for you to get all this stuff down proficiently and really becoming a professional in this area. But if if you do become a professional in this area, you're going to be well paid. You're going to make a ton of mistakes. You're going to, even today, I'll say the wrong thing to the wrong person. That happens. Um, I've got... I've got Uh, All the lines down, I feel like I'm confident in every situation I'm in. It doesn't work for me all the time, okay? So I don't care who you are, it's not going to work for you. People ignore me just like they ignore you, okay? And uh, you're going to have to practice. You're going to have to get your lines down. You're going to have to find something that fits for you. And uh, the more you do this stuff, the better you're going to get, and the better you're going to learn to think on your feet. And thinking on your feet is really what makes you an expert in prospecting. When you don't have to rehearse it, and it just kind of comes to you. So we're going to talk about that. And then what I want you to do is take all the information from today, and I want you to tailor-fit that into your style, your personality, and we'll talk about some of those things. Uh, I think if you're listening to this, it's good for you to, uh, it's good for you to take notes on this. I think that's a good thing to do. And so I would encourage you strongly to take notes on it. But it's just time and effort, and then after you've got it down, you never have to go back. It's just staying on top of the issues, and uh, we'll talk about some of those things that are happening. We'll talk about what it takes to make it happen and and, uh, hopefully give you some real meat and potatoes that you can go forward with. Now, a good invite, a good approach is the difference between some growth and really great growth, okay, because our raw material is new people, okay? It's the difference between being profitable okay and being really profitable because with this profitability and the more people you can put in this business the better you're going to do so when you learn it you can also teach it and that's one thing that's really important because it's probably people say why is this such a popular talk it's not because i'm doing it it's not because of the 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 way i put these notes together it's because it's the number one issue in our business new blood is what we live on okay and so what happens is i guess that sounds bad it sounds like we're vampires right <laughs> So learning to prospect and approach people is our number one subject area, all right? Now, there's a difference between prospecting and an approach, okay? Prospecting, in my world, is getting a name, all right? You get a name, you prospected someone, okay? And you found out, hopefully, during that period of time, whether they're interested. I guess you don't get their name if they're not interested. Approaching somebody is giving them a little bit about what you do and checking their response to see if you're getting a favorable response and if they'll sit down. So there's a difference in prospecting and approaching. But either or, okay, works, prospecting or approaching. So if you get a name, you can approach them later, right? If you, have, if you meet them and approach them on the spot, that's just fine too. So you can do both at the same time. And my whole push today is gonna be that you do both at the same time. When you run a walk away from your initial contact, you wanna find out if they're seriously looking. Parent Nelson taught me years ago, he said start with the result and work backwards. In other words, find out if they're looking, and then move the process forward. Because what I used to do is I would get them on my list, I'd you know, figure out what I was gonna say, and then I'd approach them, and then I'd sit down and show them the plan, and then I might have to sit down and show the wife the plan, and I had to rebook all these appointments, and then I'd follow up, and then maybe I'd follow up again. All with what? Trying to find out if they were interested. And I was telling Theron how frustrating the process was for me one time, and he gave me some of the wise old sage advice that he has. He says, well, why don't you start with a result and work backwards? I thought, what do you mean by that? He said, well, find out if they're looking and then move forward. I went, wow, there's a time saver. All right, And, uh, and you have to understand that not everybody's going to be looking. That's all you're looking for is the ones that are looking. All right, and that's maybe a third of the people out there. You know, uh, I'll talk about a lot of things today, but, uh, uh, and we'll talk about some things this evening too, but uh, so I think you've got that point, all right? And uh, when you do it lead by example, other people follow, and you'll be much more effective in your teaching. And this info works, and if you learn it and get it down, you're gonna be really excited about what happens, okay? You still have to work this. This doesn't happen by accident, okay? And then the real key point to me is, what do you do when it doesn't work? What do you do when you got your hat handed to you? What do you do when you got a real negative situation that popped up? Now, there's not, you know, I don't see any real negative situations today. People just kind of go away if they're not interested. But, uh, you know, there's not a lot of violent arguments and stuff like that when I got in. And maybe that was me, all right? <laughs> Most important part of today is when you do get a no or you get a rejection, then get up and get going again. The best way to recover from that is to go find someone else, okay? And um, no's happen, it's a part of the process. Uh, Look at the millions of dollars that will be spent in the elections in this country, and you know less than half the people end up voting for the candidate who probably wins. It's just crazy, you know, when you look at it. And so there's a lot. You're never going to have 100% agreement on anything about any opportunity. So I think that's important for you to understand, okay? Practice, work hard, be persistent. And this is going to be an exciting area for you because when you get this down, the world's your oyster. And the truth is a lot of people just never take the time to get this down. It's the number one stumbling block in the business, all right? Get good at invite and you get really good at it, you'll know they're in before you show them the plan. How many have had it where somebody, you, you did had an approach that was just textbook and you knew when you went to show them the plan they were gonna be in. Raise your hand if you've known that. I mean, that's when it's really right, okay? And you just go, I'll be, we'll be going to a meeting and Sandy says, what do you think? I said, I can't say no. And truthfully, they can't say no to what you have today and we'll talk about that as we go through this, okay? I'm glad we've got a board up here and I'll describe it for the people listening. All right, so uh, expectations. Let's talk just real quickly about expectations. Most people have negative expectations. You know, uh, you get a call and somebody went to the hospital. What do you think right away? Okay, you think, oh, it's got to be bad. Now, we don't associate going to the hospital with, you know, oh, gee, it's a sunny day. I just think I'll go to the hospital. So I don't. that's not the, maybe the best analogy. But a lot of times we have negative expectations. And I have a lot of people say well, to me, there are things like, well, I'm going to show this guy the plan. And, and if he does this, what do you think I should do? And all, you know, is there any way to follow? And I always just tell people, just show him the plan and let's see what happens. And so you wanna have good positive expectations and hopefully we'll help you boost that today. And so I believe that everybody that looks at this thing is gonna get fired up. I don't believe anybody that's rational can say no to what I show them today. I really don't because it just makes that much sense. Now you're gonna find them out there, but don't let whatever they have rub off on you. And so keep your expectations high. And remember, you are looking for the guys and gals that really wanna run and they wanna make this thing happen. So expect people to get in. Be surprised when people don't get in. I think that's a great place to live. Put a priority on your business. Treat it seriously. In other words, this is, economically, I believe it's the most important thing you can do with your life. When you talk about generational transfer and some of the things we're going to talk about today and what this business offers, there's nobody like us in the country. You know Dr. Frank Luntz, who does work with a lot of politicians, and he's been on CNN and Fox. And and, uh, he wrote a great, great book last year called What Americans Really Want. And it's a, it's a textbook for our business. And uh, it's really fun when you when you listen to this guy talk because what happens is he said, you guys have some things that nobody in America has. He said, you have generations of success. He said, you are small business owners. Listen carefully. A small business over, owner next to a military person is the most respected thing in the United States of America. You offer the solution, and you better get that into your noodle. Okay? And understand that. And then you, you, you are hurting people by not approaching people on this business. You are causing them to maybe long term fail financially. So we have generations of success. And Frank Lund says, you have the most enduring image I've ever seen, something that absolutely nobody in the country can say no to. You have grandparents working with their grandchildren. Folks, do you understand how cool we are? So he said, your message is just unbelievable with some of the things that you have. And uh, so we've got we to gotta really understand that. And then when you put this stuff into, you know, I think I hope you're all here to, not to help your fellow man. Okay? I hope that's one of the things. But if that's your primary objective, you're in trouble okay your primary objective better be to take care of you and your family financially okay I got in you know the old thing you get in for five reasons money 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 I didn't have five I just wanted some money okay I wanted to make a few bucks and while all the other esoteric things we do are great if you're not making money sooner or later you're not gonna be around okay so you need to put it in B for boogie and make some money right now and get this stuff down you have a wonderful opportunity to win your wife's respect Okay, now I can't speak from a female perspective because I'm not one, okay? But I can speak from a man's perspective. And I can tell you, man, when you stand up and you take some of the heat and some of the rejection and some of the things you're going to have to go through to build this business and get out front and lead... You're gonna earn your wife's respect. When you provide for your family in a wonderful way financially, you're gonna earn your wife's respect. And that's really what a man wants from his wife. He wants her respect. And so what happens is we've got great serendipities, but your primal objective is to make money. And so that's what we're gonna I want to keep that. And I want you to treat it seriously, put a high priority on this, and you're gonna develop a fantastic lifestyle. Practice. It's gonna take two to three months of practice, of consistent practice, to start to get this stuff down. I call it the uh-huh phase, where you just uh-huh, uh-huh, you got it. It's not anything you have to stop and think about. You want to get out of that into the uh uh-huh phase, where it's just like the answers just come. I was sitting and talking to some of the Tillis's folks last night when I got here for a little bit, and uh, it was fun because uh, they, one of the, the prospecting thing came up. And I can go on for days about prospecting, okay, because it's obviously gotten to the uh-huh phase with, with me. All right, And so... You're gonna to have to start off, and we'll start off with just a real basic thing. What do you do for a living? Because one of the things that happens when you're prospecting is people are gonna ask you, well, what is it you do? What do you do for a living? What, what kind of, work what, what are you talking about, okay? I'm a small business owner, okay? Now you need to practice that. So if you're gonna use the small business owner, and I ask you right now, what do you do for a living? What do you say? Okay, I'm a small business owner. Okay, let me try it again. What do you do for a living? Okay. Is that hard to do? Yeah. No. Have you practiced it? No. And you'll be in combat and somebody's going to say to you, what do you do for a living? And you're going to go, I... <laughs> okay? So that's why it's good to practice it. So men, women, you go out of this weekend and the first thing you practice is this. Just any time of the day or night, give them a shot and say, what do you do for a living? Okay? So you've got the carte blanche upline. You can ask anybody in your group, what do you do for a living? And let's just make sure we get that first part down because if you can't answer what you do for a living, you look pretty stupid, all right? So you've got to have an answer for people's questions because it is, you are going to get into a Q&A type thing. So I think that's important. And, you know, it's got to be like uh, uh, chewing food is what I always compare it to, you know? I'm, I'm a gulper, and I have to, you know, you're supposed to chew your food 40 to 500 times or however many times it is, you know? You're supposed to liquefy it in your mouth. I hardly ever do that, okay? And Americans are great gulpers, okay? You know, you go to Europe and they eat so slow it drives me crazy. You know, I want a cheeseburger on the fly and I'm happy, you know, and stuff like that. I don't have time for a three-hour dining experience. You know, Italy, they shut down in the middle of the afternoon. Just nothing happens. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. And they tell you, we've never sold out to uh, uh, to brewing our lifestyle. I just think... I don't know. I don't get it. I didn't grow up there. Maybe I would if I did, you know. But they're not a lot of stressful people, you know. They complain about things, but it's interesting. It's just a different culture. But, you know, we're, we're gulpers. So you, a lot of you now have figured it out. How many of you count how many times you chew your food? <laughs> Hundreds of people here, nobody counts, do you? you? just What did you do? You got chewing to the uh-huh phase, all right? <laughs> now, my grandson, who's 18 months old, we put food in his mouth, especially anything that has a lot of substance to it. And... Uh, They'll, Kristen and Adam will go, chew, 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 and he'll go, and he's chewing away, okay? Because he's not, he's not sure what he's supposed to chew and what he's supposed to gulp at this point, okay? But you you got past that. You're older than 18 months, you figured it out, all right? So I think that's important. And uh, so that's where you have to get your approach, all right? So that's, you know, you've got that part down. Now, invite an approach on a scale of one to 10. One would be the worst, 10 would be the best, okay? What would you do? Where would you rank enthusiasm when you have to when you're making an approach? Being enthusiastic, where would that rank? What would, what, what kind of number ranking would you give that? 10. Well, you don't want a ten, okay? Everybody said ten, but you don't want ten. Why? Because to me, ten is like you're maybe a little bit over the top, and you want to be a little bit cool, hand Luke. So could we say seven or eight? Sure. You want to be enthusiastic. We're going to talk about being strong in a second, okay? Now on a turn on on a scale of simplicity one being the simplest and ten being the most complex, where would you want your approach to be? One, two, three, right in there. You want it simple, okay? You want it to be effective, but you want a simple approach. So I think that's important. And, you know, you get as comfortable with this as you can. Keep it simple. Why is it important to keep it simple? Because we can teach it to other people. Now, we spend, we're going to spend an hour and a half talking about this subject. But it is simple once you get it down, but we want to cover all aspects of it. Let's go to the second section, Okay. The second section is what I call step one. You ready? What do you do for a living? uh, Mostly small business owners. Okay, that's good. All right, I don't care what you answer, and I don't care if it sounds like babble when we ask, but when I ask you, what do you do for a living? And you may come up with something you like better. You're not locked in, but you have to have something to say okay and that's why role playing is so important okay because you've got to have something to say when somebody asks you a question because contrary to popular opinion is not effective okay and that is not going to impress anybody that you're somebody they want to be in business with okay wives same answer for you now if you want to cop out which i recommend okay if i'm a woman i'm going to cop out on this deal does that make what is does cop out is that still term is that term still good with you young people all right you know i don't, language changes, all right uh, but anyhow um. So what happens is if, I'm a, if, if you're a gal and you don't want to have to get into a loan, well, my husband owns a small business, owns his own small business, or I'm, we can say we own our own small business. You know, it's up to you how you handle that, okay? But it's really up to you. But you have to be able to answer it too, because that's going to be part of the approach that we uh, we take with this. All right. Now once you're comfortable with the invite and they start to ask you what you do, all right, now is where we start to reel them in, because when they start asking you a question, any question they ask you is a good thing. Any question they ask you denotes interest in what we're doing, okay? There's something there. Maybe just a little curiosity, but it could be real genuine interest. It would shock you how many people are really hurting out there. It would shock you beyond belief, how many people are hurting right now, okay? The debt load in the United States of America, uh, there's, there's, there's just a lot of people hurting out there today, more than you know, and people are not real inclined to tell you how bad they're hurting, okay? So just assume everybody is, and then you'll run into a very few that aren't, okay? And you, I guess you can feel good about that when you do. And uh, so once we get that, okay? And you've practiced this thing down, now we're going to start to reel them in. And you'll be amazed. A little bit of practice what it does. And if you will need to write it down and commit it to paper, I'd strongly suggest that you do that. All right, let's go to the next section. Building your name list. Now, I believe you have three lists. You have an A list. What is your A list? Your A list is the people, and it, it could be anywhere from two or three to maybe 15 people. That's usually somebody's A-list. And those are the people that no matter what, you can get them to sit down and look at anything. At anything. That's your A-list, okay? You know, uh, people say, well, friends and relatives. And you know, we have an option of a grand opening today that you can use or an opportunity. But even when we do a grand opening, we talk about the opportunity. Okay, I want to be an opportunity-first guy. I want to let people know there's an opportunity there. I'm all for grand openings. I'm all for product movement. I'm all for clients. Don't get me wrong and don't misread that. But I want to let people know there's an opportunity there because the long-term is if you can find a successful IPO and sponsor them, that's much more profitable than any clients you will ever have for sure. And then that gets us into our ongoing generational transfer, all the kind of great things that this business brings. All right. So your A-list, your B-list. Your B-list is the people that you know. Acquaintances, people that you know. Your acquaintances, people that you know you've known over the years. You may not play checkers with them every Tuesday night, but you know them well, okay, or well enough to call them. And then there's your C list, which ultimately will be your best list. That's the people you don't know. Maybe the people you haven't even met yet, okay. All the people that you're going to encounter. You live in a major metropolitan area, in a mega state. Uh, this is a target-rich environment. Everybody ought to be looking. Okay, and that's where plan B comes in. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So that's important, all right? Now, you've got to have a list. Who do you put on your list? Everyone you know. Then you can pick out your top 25 or your top 15 or who do you want to call first. I like to keep a name list of at least 20 to 25 people current where I know I can pick the phone up and I can call those people or I can contact those people and get in touch with them, all right? So let's give you a couple rules on your name list. People don't bite. Okay, I've never been shot at. Um, the worst that can happen is they can turn up their nose at what I do. That's real. I've never had anybody swing at me in this thing or anything. Never been hit or anything. I mean, it, you know, I've had people say some things to me, but that's all right. Okay, that's just you know, I'm not going to make their problem mine when they feel that way and things like that. And of course, you know, and sometimes in my past and probably a few times in my future, again, I'll snap back every once in a while too. You know, <laughs> and so. A little verbal fisticuffs is good. Sometimes you've got to draw that line in the sand and just let them know where you stand, all right? Number two rule, don't prejudge people when you're building your list. Uh, Put your sharpest people you know, okay, uh, the ones you think can do it, of course. But write everybody's name down because I'm going to tell you, some of the people you think won't do it will and some of the people you think would be great at it won't do it. Commit the names to paper or some kind of, you know, on your computer, in a database, someplace. So you've got the names and you've got access to it, and you should be in your name list every 30 days. You should be checking that name list every 30 days. You should be adding names to it every week if you're doing this thing right. Okay? Uh, Build your list of 25 to 30 names off your big list, and make sure you have all their contact information handy. And you should carry that with you. I have that in my mobile devices. I carry that with me everywhere. Okay, I have a list of people I'm supposed to follow up, and I have a list of people I want to approach. Okay? Um, Distance and local, you know, it's still an issue. So you've got to have a, how far, if you get off work at five, and you can drive three hours and get someplace by eight, and be out by 10 at the latest, and get home by one, that's doable. So two to three hours driving time. Imagine what you can touch in this part of the world within a two to three hour radius. It's unbelievable. In Washington, D.C., within a five hour radius of Washington, D.C., you have a third of the population of the United States of America. A target rich environment. You know, if you live in northern Minnesota within a five hour driving range, you have one one hundredth of one percent of the population of the United States of America. So it's not what you'd call a real target-rich environment. It's an environment, okay? And so there's a difference, different environments, all right? Um, yeah, so you have two lists. You have your, your, your distance and your local. Now, you've got a couple of handouts that I'm gonna talk about throughout the day, all right? The one's called Building Your List. It's a PDF under approach, contact, list, names, etc. all right, so that's important. A great place for names as a kid, today is kids' cell phones. You know, it's just unbelievable. Uh, there, if you're a, if you're a person under 30 in here today, you probably have a minimum of 500 friends on Facebook. And I love you kids. You go well. Who would I show this to? Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, some of you still email if you're young. All right, some of you still text. I'll say this again later, but email and text are not a great way to approach people. Remember that we are. It was funny. Uh, Sandy Spielmaker a year ago in June. Uh, walked into a meeting we had with the board officers, and she said, we did some outside research. And we go, you did? And they go, yeah, and guess what they told us? And I go, we go, what did they tell you? We're a relationship business. <laughs> and we laughed because we knew we were a relationship business. This business is a relationship business, okay? That personal contact, I want you all to reach out, take your left hand and grab the, just grab the top of your right hand okay and then just pinch that stuff on top okay what is that stuff on top of your hand skin epidermis yeah that's that's skin that means we're human beings there's blood running through our veins and we are relationship based as human beings all right and so as long as we have skin okay we're we're going to be a relationship based deal okay and so understand that that this is a relationship business life now that's that's a big category life is relationship-based and leadership-driven. Life, success in life, relationship-based and leadership-driven, and that's true. And so we are a relationship business. So, you know, um, you know, some of you, tw- you have Twitter and all that kind of stuff, it's great. Historically, uh, 49%, excuse me, 50% of the 16-year-olds in the United States of America would have their, dr- their driver's license by the time they turned 17. 75% of the 17-year-olds would have their driver's license by the time they turned 18. So you had 3 quarters of the people under the age of 19 that had their driver's license. Within two years of the time, they were eligible to do it. Today, that number is 49% of the 17-year-olds and 34% of the 16-year-olds. Because of the internet and because of the way people can be at home and reach out and touch, Okay, they're less inclined to get their driver's licenses. Plus, we have better mass transit in the US, and there's a lot of contributing factors to that. But one of the things that you have to do with these kids is try to get them out of their space a little bit. Okay, And it presents a challenge, but every generation presents a challenge. And one of the things that I'm not going to do is give up on young people because, oh, these kids, you can't get them. Come to a meeting, just stop saying that. All right? You can get a person with a dream to do just about anything, All right, within reason. And so what happens is they'll come to a meeting if they have a sufficient reason to get to a meeting and they understand why they're supposed to be there. Okay? How about this one? Here's a great place. This wasn't available you know, 10 years ago. Whitepages.com. Man, if you haven't gone to Whitepages.com and typed in names of people you know and remember and grew up, we use it for our class reunions. And it's, we found hundreds of kids we couldn't find. Okay, with WhitePages.com, do a word search on different or various occupations, types of jobs. There's all sorts of things. I wouldn't. I'm not recommending you pay some people finding outfit out there on the internet to find people for you. WhitePages.com will work real well, and that's free. High school reunions are great. They hand out a book. That book's great, you know. And everybody has a strong desire for their high school t- uh, classmates to be able to get in touch with them. Not everybody, but a great percentage do. Okay. So those are always fun. Um, 70% of the people that graduate from high school in an area never go within a 400-mile radius of that place to live. Think about that. That's pretty cool. So they're all in your area. It's, they're not, they didn't go real far. Uh, alumni associations, high school or college alumni associations, athletics teams you're on, parents. I just uh, you know, uh, I met a couple last night who their kids were in sports together, and they ended up getting sponsored by the friends of theirs uh, whose kids they were on the team. You know, Our kids were in sports, stuff like that. Um, all the things that you have done for you on a regular basis. You ought to change cable TV or satellite TV every two years. People say, why? Because you're gonna have somebody come through your house, okay, and install every two years. When your contract's up, change, all right? You say, well, I like Dish Network. To heck with Dish Network. Get DirecTV or Comcast, I don't care. Get whoever you can. Just every two years, you ought to change it. Why? Because you got a new person coming through your house, and he's there all day, all right? (laughs) Holy cow, all right? People say, well that's not right. Why isn't it? That's the rules, all right? Don't buy a cell phone online. Go meet the guy that works at the cell phone store. All right? I mean, for heaven's sakes, get out and meet people. You're not gonna do it sitting there going, I'm going to the grocery store and posting it on Facebook. Nobody cares, all right? Some of the stupid I don't care how many Farmville requests you've got, all right? My motto for this year and our group is get the nonsense out of your life. Okay? So much of our time that we spend is nonsense. It's just nonsense, okay? And if you can take the nonsense, and you know, people say, well, I, I like Facebook. Good, go on it for 10 minutes a day or whatever, but don't spend hours there, okay? Because it's nonsense, all right? And so, and again, I'm not picking on Facebook. TV's nonsense. There's a lot of things that are nonsense, okay? So if, and if we followed each other around, you'd find there's nonsense in my life, too, and I catch myself all the time. I go, this is nonsense, okay? And uh, you know, one of the things I love to do when I'm bored is go play hearts on the computer and i 've won one computer i 've won over 1,100 games okay, and uh, i 'm going that 's nonsense the other day i 'm looking at this going look at you know, it 's been over a course of years, but i 'm pretty good at hearts, and uh, <laughs> I count the cards, I do everything all right. And, uh, I've got whist and canasta on there. It's fun. Anyhow, so what happens? But a lot of it, you gotta have some downtime, you gotta have some relaxation time, whatever that is. But when that starts to cut over and starts to spill over, that's when it becomes nonsense, okay? Uh, so your longest list is people, you know, clerks at stores, people you're running into, service industry, all these different people who cut your hair. You know, I've, I've said for years, if whoever your stylist or your barber is, if they don't get in, go get a new one. Just think if you sponsored one service station attendant, one barber, one insurance guy, just did that. Okay? I mean, you guys go diamond just on that list alone. That's a huge list. Okay? I was up my lake home two nights ago and we went out to eat at a restaurant little bar, restaurant that we go to, and the Twins game was on, so we wanted to watch the Twins game. They did real bad that night, and uh, uh, so we wanted to watch a little bit of that. No, they did good that night, and uh, they did bad last night. Anyhow, but they won the Western or Central Division, and so we're going to be in the playoffs, and we got the best record in baseball right now, Minnesota Twins, so go Twins. Anyhow, but, so what happens is we're sitting there. Well, all of a sudden, this young couple comes in and sits off to our left. And this guy, so I go, hi, how you doing, and stuff, which I do to everybody. Turns out he's an Army recruiter, excuse me, a Marine recruiter. And he's uh, 18 years in. He's a year and a half from coming out. And uh, he's talking about he's going to be 40, and he's trying to figure out what he's going to do. for the rest of it. He's telling me all this stuff. It was great. His name was Jason. And uh, so I've got Jason and Kayla's phone number, and we're going to talk. And he's got mine, and, and away we go. But it's interesting, because uh, he, he made a comment. He goes, um, he was talking about the first Gulf War, was it ninety? Yeah. First Gulf War. You know where he was? He was on the top of the Al Rashid Hotel in downtown Baghdad taking out snipers. And I'm going, Well, oh, that's interesting. You know, and he's telling me about this seven hundred and sixty two grain round that this fifty caliber shoots and stuff. It was fascinating conversation. Terry, it's right up your alley, man. That's a <laughs> That's one of my dreams is to, I've got a guy in our group that runs the Abrams tanks out of the uh, Fort Ripley uh, where the National Guard unit is in central Minnesota. And so we've gone, I've gone for rides in the Abrams tank, You know, it's got a jet engine, it's a cool deal. But it's got a 50 cal right on the turret and I really don't care that much about the tank. All I'd like to do is have that 50 cal and just turn me loose, okay? <laughs> Chop some trees down and do some stuff and tear some stuff up and it'd be awesome, but anyhow. I don't think they're going to let me shoot the 50 cal, all right? <laughs> but boy would I love to take off with that They can burn up some government money. But anyhow, so <laughs> just not going to let me do that, all right? So that's all right. So anyhow, so uh, everybody I look at, I'm prospecting. All the time. All the time. Look, prospecting is not something you ever finish. You continue. And then you know what you do? You prospect. You reach a point where you give the names away i 'll be willing to bet you that Brad Duncan has sponsored more people in Spokane than anybody, including Ron Pereira, all right because he 's always prospecting and he 's always given names away that guy 's a contacting machine, and if you hang around with him, you 'd realize that okay and so here 's a guy he 's a crown and he 's out prospecting so it 's something you get good at you don 't stop because you can take those names and you can have somebody in your group work them this is, this is man, why would you want to be selfish with this opportunity? all right So we continue to do that, we keep going, and we never stop all right now. Do it honestly and ethically. Um, don't pressure or bother people. You can tell when you're bothering them. Just go, let them go away. You know, the reason we pressure and bother people is because we're not willing to go out and do what we're supposed to do. Okay? And if they don't get in or they're not interested, it's OK. That's OK. It's just a, you're just giving them a, a business proposition. That's all. And not everybody's going to be interested in that. Three good words. Enthusiasm, conviction, and urgency. You should set a 30-day goal every single month of what you want to accomplish and then get after it. And that should be minimally sponsor a couple people every single month if you really want to move the needle. If you want to kind of weenie out a little bit, one a month would be a good goal. Sponsor one new leg every month. Okay, Uh, Boy, and so get an urgency to this thing. Enthusiasm, conviction, urgency. And then once you've got a list and you're building your name list, now we can move into the next area, Okay, which is posture and control because there's three phases on an approach or an invite. First, you just want to have one. You just want to have something to say. The second phase is you get one that works and you get pretty good at it. And you get to the point where you can talk people into seeing the plan who don't really want to see the plan. That's how good your approach has gotten. The third phase is you start to figure out during the approach: Are they for real or are they not? Are they really looking? Starting with the result and working backwards, like Theron says. All right. So um, if somebody, if I come running at you, your tendency is to get defensive or to back up. All right. It's the same in approach. So you want to be a little bit of Cool Hand Luke. And if you ever get a chance to watch that movie, that's one of the great classics in cinematography is Cool Hand Luke, and it came out in the late '60s when I was in high school and. Uh, Cool Hand Luke was about being cool. Not rushing and not... You want to be cool with this, okay? You want, to be, you want to have the right posture. It's like, I got something. I might be willing to share it with you. I'm not sure you're the right person. And remember, when you do that, it always works better. Posture and control are really, really important. Do you have to show everybody this plan? No. Then act like it. You don't have to show everybody the plan. So you should act like that. Do you? Do you... Gain anything when you try to show somebody this plan who doesn't really want to see it? No, No, you just waste your time. What do we call that? Nonsense. That's nonsense. Okay, so let's get that out of our life. We're going to get rid of that, okay? Um, Remember, you get to show who you want to show. You're not required to have to show everybody, okay? And this is your business. This is your business. Be proud of it. And don't grovel. Don't call somebody seven, eight, nine, ten times. That's my recommendation, all right? I'm going to call them two or three times and find out if they're for real. And if they're not, they're not. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of points, and you're going to hear these all weekend. Okay? You ready? There are two things I'm telling people today. And it's not just young people. It's everyone. If we're going to work together, I tell people this on the approach. If you and I are going to ultimately end up doing something, I'm going to have to have two things from you. Now, what is this? This is posture, folks. All right? You're going to have to A, be able to keep appointments, and B, return a phone call. And if you can't keep an appointment and you can't return a phone call, you might as well tell me right now because I'm not interested in working with you. Now people say, well, that's strong-arming, that's not posture. No, that's posture. That's taking a strong position and letting him know in a nice way how the cow ate the cabbage. Now you're gonna have a lot of people look at you and say, well, yeah, yeah, I agree. And they can't return a phone call and they can't keep an appointment. I'm not interested in those people. I'm sorry, okay? I'm not interested in trying to educate them that that's what they need to do. I'm interested in finding the person who can already do that, all right? And if they can't do that, then I'm going to be real fast to move on, and you're going to hear some of that. There's two attitudes. There's please, please, please and begging versus I've got something that's good, and if you want to look at it, I might be willing to show you. That's the difference between posture and control, keeping control of the conversation and not letting it get away from you. Now, I want to spend a few minutes talking about the napkin plan. That's our next section. And, boy, folks, if there's ever been a tool for this business, it is the napkin plan. Now, to set up the napkin plan, I'll ask a couple of questions. And I'm gonna talk about product approach and all this in just a second. But I'll set up a couple of questions. Are you pretty well locked into what you're doing, you're leaving your options open? My favorite, I like that, that's the classic Ron Pereira question. How do you remember that one? I always did like, are you pretty? That's how I remember it, are you pretty? And I just then you start, are you pretty well locked into what you're doing, leaving your options open. But I had a hard time with that phrase because I didn't come up with it. And so I kept going, what was it Ron said? What was it he said? And then finally I remembered, oh, are you pretty? And so then now today, it's are you pretty well locked into what you're doing, leaving your options open. Okay. Here's my newest one that I like. Okay. Do you ever look at any, out, any projects outside what you're doing? Now, you want to make it really effective? Do it live, and don't ask them over the phone. Do it live and go, do you ever look at any projects outside of what you're doing? and nod as you're saying it, okay? Don't do this, that's shake. Shake is left to right, nod is north and south, okay? You wanna nod on everything you say. Now that's becoming a professional. Do you ever look at any projects outside of what you're doing? Now a guy or a gal whose mind is in neutral is gonna go, yeah, yeah, because they associate ya with this, okay? They don't associate this with ya, okay? Shaking your head back and forth. So learn to nod your head when you're approaching people, okay? Do you ever look at any projects outside of what you're doing? Okay, are you pretty well locked into what you're doing? You're leaving your options open. Okay, so you just learn to nod your head. I, I can probably assume you're looking for a good plan B, right? There's a million and one things you can say. Okay, and what I want to do is I want to transition, and so I'm going to transition into the napkin plan, and I'll cover that in a second. But I want to just take a second here. I've got a, a board right here. I'm going to show you the napkin plan, and I'm going to show you how I show it. So here's what I do. I'm going to start right here, and I'm going to assume you're married. So I'm going to put two stick figures in the middle of the paper. Now that's your household, that's your world. Okay. Now if you have little kids, you can put the couple I met last night, three kids, twin boys. They'd have three little more stick figures. Okay. That household, that world, that's a consumption machine. I'm going to give you a complete napkin plan, and I'll give you. Short version of it so you can see how we show it. All right? So, what happens is that thing you have have personal care needs in there, you have home care needs, you have things you eat, you have things you drink, your wife uses cosmetics. If you have daughters and they're the right age, they use cosmetics. You have gifts you give throughout the year. This is a consumption machine. Now, where do you go to get all that stuff? And I just pencil out on a piece of paper. I put the store over here. Now, in reality, that's other stores, okay? So you go over here to that other store. I draw an arrow from the stake figures to the store on the right, okay? And you purchase all that stuff. Now, when you go to the store, you leave your money at the store, and then you bring the product back. So I put a dollar sign in the store, and I put an arrow coming from the store back to you. Now, the store keeps the difference between what they paid and what you paid. That's their profit. That's why there's a store to go to, and that's not wrong. That's the way economics works. That's free, free market principles, okay? So that's the idea behind it, all right? Here's my concept, real simple. We're going to make this your store over here. So on the left, I'm going to put another box, and that's going to be your store. Okay, I wrote our store in here. And so what happens, instead of going to the store, you go to your own store. Now when you go to your own store, now I bring an arrow back and I put a dollar sign over that arrow. Not only do you bring a better product with a better guarantee, better quality, better everything back, wow. Okay. Now, do you know every household in America goes to the store every day? You're using products from the store. Look at, look at this room. Everybody in here is using products from the store every single day. What a wonderful world we live in. All right? Every house in California goes to the store every day. Every house in America goes to the store every day. Every house in Canada goes to the store every day. This is a cool deal we got. Okay? So... You know some of the people that go to those, you know, that live in those houses that go to those stores, don't you? All right? They could come over here and shop from you. We've got a great shopping experience. We've got a great quality. I mean, on a 180 day guarantee, untrumped in this industry, the finest thing you can do on a product is have a guarantee. We've got it for 180 days. Buy a box of whatever at Walmart and try to bring it back after 65 days. So what happens is this, is you've got all of that, all right? So some of these people go over here and shop from your store. Now, does your household spend $20 a day? If your household, if you have a household, you spend $20 a day. The lowest form of human existence on the planet is a single college male. Even they spend five dollars a day. Okay, even they spend five dollars a day. So twenty dollars a day times thirty days in a month—that's six hundred dollars. Now, as a sidebar to that, there's your two hundred PV right there, folks. Okay, so you've got six hundred dollars a day, a year, or a month. Excuse me, that you're bringing to the store. Bring that over to your own store. Okay. Now, if you did that, had a few clients shopping from your store, you're conservatively looking a couple thousand dollars per year. But I think you're better than that. Okay, I think you're better than that, and so here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Let's go out and find 8 to 10 households, and we'll help you do this that want to have their own store. Then we're going to take those people, and what we're going to do here is we're going to help them get 40 to 50 total. We're going to help them find more. We're going to take that number up to 40, 50, maybe 60. And you do that, and you have the potential to make a ton of money. Okay? Now, that's the napkin plan, and I'm nodding all the way through as I show that to people. Now, if I'm going to show it to somebody like the guy at my lake home two weeks ago, Who's we're coming in to put in the alarm because we had a faulty motion sensor. He'd put it in a couple weeks before we had a faulty motion sensor, so we had false going off. So he ended up uh, uh, coming up to replace it. His name is Jason, nice kid. And so I'm sitting there going, I said, Jason do you really know what I do for a living? He goes, well, people have told me. I said, well, has anybody ever like me ever talked to you about it? No. I said, come on over here. So I went over and here's what I did. And I did it this fast. I said, Jason, this is you. This is your world. You're single, right? Not married, no kids that we know about or anything like that, right? And he said, no, that's right. He goes, I said, good for you. So what happens? That's Jason's world, okay? So over here, what happens is this. He's using stuff every day, right? I'd already given him an excess and a perfect water. Okay, and he liked both of them. So he's he's drinking my product. All right, and I said, so you go to the store every day and you buy this stuff. I go, what kind of energy drink do you drink? And he, uh, uh, um, what's not Monster, not Red Bull, no, not Rockstar, Amp. Amp, he drinks Amp, okay? So I said, uh, I said, you bring that stuff back here and they keep your money, right? I said, so when you need that stuff, now you go over here and I'm talking about just about everything you're using on a regular basis, all right, so you come over here, you, 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 you buy this stuff from your own store. Now I said eight to 10, okay? We'll help you find 40, 50, maybe 60 and we're gonna make a ton of money with this thing, Jason. You're a sharp guy and, you're, and I said, and no offense, you're good at what you do here with the alarm company but this isn't your future, you ought to be a business owner. And he agreed, all right? Now he happens to know my daughter's fiance who's getting married in November, they're getting married November, and he knows him real well. So I said, I'm gonna have Jorgen get a hold of you. He said, okay, great. So I got his number, I said, put your cell number right here and away we go, and I texted it off to Jorgen and they've already talked, all right? Now how long did that take? It took a minute or two. It's so easy to do, so the napkin plan is the greatest single weapon we have ever had. Now, if I had more time, I'd have you get a partner and show the napkin plan to each other. But we don't have enough time to do that, but I do that in seminar work all the time when I'm on the road. Because most of you know about it and have never showed it to anybody. Okay, so you gotta practice your napkin plan too and get that baby done. Now that's not rocket science and if you can't do that, it's gonna inhibit your ability to move forward in the business. So the napkin plan is a key component in what we do and a lot of what we do is based off that. Now, I'm gonna go real quickly to invite options and I'm just gonna cover one area two areas real quick. I'm gonna talk about the six keys. I think the six keys should be memorized by people. And if you hear me teaching approach off the cuff, you're going to hear the six keys coming out all the time. So the six keys in order are, you can't spend any money, you can't sign anything. I just want to show you what I'm doing. Okay? I just need to get some time to show you what we're doing. Number one is you can't spend any money or sign anything. Number two is you can't do business over the phone, or email, or text. You can't do business over the phone, email, or text. You should show people live. At least the the minimum is they're online somewhere uh, and you're online somewhere, or a web conference, and you're showing them the plant. All right. I personally. If I'm showing a one-on-one, I'm not gonna take a guy to a web conference site, okay, unless I can talk to him. I like to go right to a website, I like to have him log into the website, make sure he's seeing what I'm seeing, and if we're gonna show the plan online, okay? Not as effective as showing it personally, but a good compromise. For instance, if somebody lives in Sacramento and I live in Minneapolis, and I can show them online first to see if there's any interest, I'll do that. Normally I'll probably know just through the approach whether there's any interest, but again, you have to show them mechanically and take them through the presentation of what you're doing. Number three. Pad and pencil. I've got to show you some of the figures. Still works. Yeah, I need to sit down and pencil out some of the figures with you. Can you email me something? No. doesn't work. Okay, I've tried it. It doesn't work. okay I can't promise you anything. I love telling people I can't promise them anything. I've told this story before on other prospecting CDs, but it's true. My brother was at 4,000 PV, headed for platinum, and people would say, "Well, what's your, and he was big in curiosity approach, and they'd say, well, what's your business all about? And he'd go, well, I can't promise you anything. And they go, well, we know you can't promise us anything, but what are you trying to talk to me about? He says, look, I can't promise you anything. And he just kept repeating, I can't promise you anything, I can't promise you anything. It it worked, okay? So, I mean, I'm not complaining, all right? (laughs) Number five, I love this one. I love it today as much as I love it when I first figured it out. An intelligent person looks at something before trying to make a decision on it. And you know where I love using that? Is when the spouse can't get the other spouse to come look. You've got millions of people Okay, that are sitting out there that think they know everything about everything. And then when they see this business model, which has transformed greatly in the last three or four years, and then they think they know all about it, it makes me crazy. So I love to tell the spouse, the one I'm talking to, that, you know, that's really crazy. You test drive a car before you buy it. And the thing I've found, Joe, is an intelligent person sits down and takes a look at something before they try to make a decision on it. If your wife or your husband won't come and look at the plan... There's something wrong. Well, yeah, Bill, I know, but you don't know my wife. I, I probably never will because I'm obviously not gonna get her to a meeting, okay? I'm not even gonna get a chance to meet her, okay? And so that's an intelligent person looks, and then I love saying, and you'd agree with that, wouldn't you? And I nod, you'd agree with that, wouldn't you? Now those six keys are on the invite options hand- handout, right on the front page. You need to answer four questions. There's six on the new, on the old handout, there'll be four on the new one. What is it, okay? What do you do, that whole thing, okay? What is it? It's my own business, I own my own small business. Is this selling? Okay, here's my answer on is this selling. Why, do you like to sell? All right, that's why we need to talk. Now, when you're practicing, the first thing you're gonna practice is, well, well, what do you do for a living? And then you're going to have to have that one, right? And The next one you're going to have to learn is, is this selling? OK, and you got to learn to say, why do you like to sell? Are you looking for something in sales? OK, is selling up your alley? Something like that, and then away you go. And then, is this some kind of multi-level deal, or is this Amway or whatever? Now, later on, I'm going to teach you how to answer that one, because you you are going to have to. This is not an option. If you're going to be a pro in this one, you're going to have to learn to stand and defend Amway. Remember Jason and Kayla, OK? Well. I was sitting there talking to the guy that was waiting on us, and he knows I'm an Amway. So he walks up, okay, and he says, well, Bill, yeah. He says, well, Bill, what do you do for a living? And, and the, and the uh, 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 Michael goes, he's an Amway. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't go, and, and, and panic. I said, yeah, I said, what do you know about Amway? And he said, well, you know, I, somebody talked to me about it one time. I said, well, you never talked to me, have you? He goes, no, I said, well, you haven't seen it unless you've seen it from me. I said, let me tell you why, and away I went, okay? You gotta learn how to defend it. I said, you know anything about the company other than what your buddies at the bar said? And he goes, no, I said, I really don't know much about it. He said, I kind of took a half look at it 10 years ago or something. I said, well, let me tell you, and I went on, and so we're gonna defend that one in just a little bit, but you have to learn how to defend Amway. And then don't run away from it, embrace it when it comes out. There's nothing wrong with a good curiosity approach. I want a chance to tell the whole Amway story. But if it comes out, then you have to be able to stand and defend it, okay? And you've gotta be able to turn them because sometimes the perception isn't positive. Now, sometimes it is. But if it's not, you've gotta be able to turn that perception. Now, I'm just gonna go through a few things real quickly, some things, that uh, just some examples, and then you can uh, uh, you, know, you can research the rest of it on your own, all right? You get a call from a, co- you get a somebody gives you a name, it's a referral, I'll call the guy that I'm gonna call the referral, Joe. I call them up and I say, hey, Joe, my name's Bill Hawkins. I said, you don't know me. I'll say, you don't know me. But I said, your name came up in a conversation. Let me tell you a little bit about what I do. And I've got a business model that's really exploding right now. Now, Pete, or whoever it happens to be, told me that you're interested in making more money. So what I'm doing is I'm calling you to find out if that's true. Okay? And they'll say things like, well, yeah, I'm looking. or Well, that depends. I said, I understand that depends. And I said, I respect that. What we need to do is sit down. I need to take about a half hour and show you what I'm doing. And I said, and then we'll know whether we have got. You know, we we'll take it forward from there. Well, you know, Bill, I'm pretty busy. I say, okay, that's fine. I said, are you telling me you're busy and don't want to look, or are you telling me you're busy and we, well, you just have to get together maybe a week or two from now? No, I'm telling you I'm busy and I need to get together a week or two from now. Now, if I say, if you tell me you're busy and you don't really want to look, he goes, well, you know, Bill, he's not interested. Right there, he's not interested, Okay. So I don't have to waste a whole lot more time. I've done this enough to know he's not interested. And I say, okay, hey, that's not a problem. I really appreciate you being up front with me. Now look, I'm looking for somebody who's ambitious. I'm looking for somebody who's motivated. I'm looking for somebody who can return a phone call and keep an appointment. Those are the only criteria I have. Who do you know, Joe, that might fit that criteria? So I'm going to take the referral, and I'm going for another referral. And he says, well, you know, Bill, I wouldn't be comfortable giving anybody any names. I say, great. You know, I wouldn't be comfortable either if I hadn't even sat down and looked what I was doing. So I'll give you one last shot. You sure you do not interest in taking a look at what I'm doing? He says, no, I'm not interested. I says, okay, great. Appreciate your time. And I'm off the phone, okay? Now, did I give him a couple chances? Absolutely, okay? I'm a professional. I want to get the guy, all right? But I am not going to beg him, and I'm not going to grovel, okay? I got a guy right now named Josh that my brother told me was sharp. He's a car salesman. Okay, Now, I have called him twice. The first time I called, I called him once, talked to him. We were going to get together two weeks ago. Then I called him again. He was busy. Can I call you back? Sure. He said, I'll call you by the end of the week. Great. That was two weeks ago. I didn't get last week. I didn't get a call. So I left a message for him yesterday. And I said, Josh, it's Bill Hawkins. I said, look, I know you were going to call me back last week. I'm sure you're busy. I said, not a problem. I said, I'll tell you what. I said, give me a call back. I said, it's important you and I meet. I said, there's going to be no pressure on this deal. But my brother did say you were sharp. I'd like to verify that. okay?" And I said, what I want to do is I want to show you what we're doing because I think you're going to like what I've got. So you give me a call. Now, I haven't gotten a call back yet. Okay, It's only one day later. All right. Now, you want to know what the next call that Josh is going to say? I'm going to give him all next week. Okay? And then probably a week and a half from now I'll give him a call. And here's what I'm gonna say if he hasn't called me. I'm gonna say, Josh, this is Bill Hawkins. Okay? Now you've told me twice you were gonna return my phone call. Okay? And I said, You haven't returned it either time. And I said, and I'll say, look, you can keep selling cars the rest of your life. I don't have a problem with that. And to be honest with you, Josh, I don't care. But I said, if you're gonna work with me, you have to prove something to me now that you can return a phone call and that you can keep an appointment. Now we haven't even gotten to the appointment part, but you're going to have to prove to me you can return a phone call. And if you can't return this phone call right now, this one, I said, I'm not calling you anymore. So you just let me know. I'm not mad. I'm not upset. You just let me know. And if I don't hear from you, I'll know. Okay? That's the last call. Now I'm going to tell you something. About 10% of the time, that person will call back. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Now you know what happens when that happens? You got him. You got him because the posture and control was right. When he doesn't call back, you don't got him, all right? He's gone. But you weren't gonna get him anywhere. The rest of the time you spent with that prospect is nonsense. It's nonsense, okay? And you're better off leaving him that way because the next time somebody approaches him, he might be more inclined to respond if he knows he's gonna get flushed. Now, when they call back, you got him. You have got them eating out of your hand. Do you understand? You've now got control, you've established a relationship with this guy where you set the ground rules. That's a win-win. Am I gonna hurt Josh? No, I'm gonna help him, I'm gonna help him move forward. So that's the idea behind it. You know, every prospecting time, every every time I teach prospecting, I've got different situations and scenarios I can talk about, you know, why? Because I'm always prospecting. There's a lesson there, okay? So that's from a referral, okay? Ron. Getting to the key point, family, occupation, recreation, message. I wish I'd have known form when I was dating. <laughs> what a great way to get to know somebody. I mean, you, you know everything about them. And it's, it's funny, because here we are now, I'm with some of my, we, we, had a, we had a 39th class reunion, we had a full 40th class, these were big official reunions. People say, why'd you have a 39th? Because some gal organized it on her own and we all went, okay? <laughs> It was great. We had about 95 of our classmates show up. It was a great event. Then we had a big one last year with 250 people show up. We really got that 40th organized. I graduated in 69. And then we agreed last year we're going to do an informal one once a year. And we had about 50 kids the other night. Well, you know what's great about form? I've got kids that I went to high school with that I never really knew, that I've gotten to be pretty good friends with. I had a friend in Texas named Mike Matthews. He and I knew each other. And Mike and I started talking at the 39th class reunion, he had terminal cancer. He was too sick to come to the 40th reunion. And he passed away this uh, um, this summer. And uh, But Mike and I got to, we really became better friends after high school than we ever were during high school. And what a wonderful guy. In fact, when he passed away, he, sent, he had his wife send an email that said, I am gone. And when I read it, I cried. And I thought, it, because you know he said, you won't see me again, but you don't have to worry. I'm in a better place. He was just a wonderful kid wonderful kid, uh, wrote toward the end that he was getting so sick it was having a hard time going out and working in the garden. And so he'd owned a machine shop and sold it and made some money and so he was able to enjoy his last few years. And, and what, a, what a great thing that was. Do you know why I got to have a good relationship with Mike at the end? Because of form. Because when I went back to my 39th and 40th and, you know, when I go to my class reunions or I get around guys I, went, I, I, I knew years ago, I can ask them about their family, their occupation, their recreation, and out of that I get their message. You know what's great about a 40-year class reunion? There's no cliques. There's none. Everybody's friendly, okay? And so oh, don't hang around with them. The weird guys are just like you are now, all right? I mean, it's just, everybody's kind of weird after 40 years, you know? I mean, it's just great, okay? It's just, I loved it, it's great. And I, I'm the guy that could go to a reunion every, every month. My wife laughs at me about that. But form is a weapon, folks. And Ron taught that years ago in the very first prospecting CDI error, excuse me, cassette at the time I ever heard him do. So form, all right? And then of course that leads to, are you pretty well locked into what you're doing or you're leaving your options open, okay? Because once you get that message, now you know how to respond to them, okay? Family, occupation, you know what trips their trigger. All right? And now you can respond to it. And so you can tailor-fit your approach around that. And that's part of being a professional. All right? So are you pretty well locked in? You're leaving your options open? Or do you ever look at any projects outside of what you're doing? All you're trying to do is to, you know, decipher whether there's interest there. Okay? Now, a wife's invite. Okay? And wives, I'm big on the cop out. You don't have to be, okay? You know, it's so funny because Sandy is, uh, uh, one of her approaches is, is, she'll talk about her and her husband own a business and they'll go, well, what business is it? And she goes, Amway, all right? And, and I tease her about that, and I say, that's, that's great, Sandy, but what you've got to do is you've got to defend that a little bit. Okay? But you want to know what I'm really impressed with? My wife's an executive diamond, and she's still out there banging away trying it. Okay? She didn't say, well, that's Bill's job. She, I didn't have to. she makes a million mistakes doing it and has fun doing it and laughs about what the things she says to people. And then every once in a while, somebody goes, well, I want to get in. And she'll come home with a business card, and she's all fired up. She goes, look at that. She goes like that. I just love the fact she's doing that. Ladies, the business I got into th- over 30 years ago it wasn't really right when gals prospected because there was more rednecks out there than there are now, okay? Male chauvinism was a real term back then. Today, I think they call those guys sexists, okay? But that was a real deal, okay? And they're always going to be out there. I'm, t- I'm not telling you that's going away because you got men and women and they're different, okay? Women are smarter than men. It's just God forgot to tell the men, all right? And so they, that, the men don't believe it and the women know it. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a... It's irresistible force meeting immovable object, and you're not gonna change that, okay? So that's all right, all right? But what happens is this, in this day and age, you can prospect, you can go out and you can get names, ladies, and it's real easy in a couple, and please don't go to this spot, but it's real easy as a couple to say, well, that's his job, that's that's not my job. Well, you know what, prospecting is everybody's job today if you really wanna move your business forward. And boy, you wanna feel good about yourself, ladies? Come on with a good name and sponsor a couple. All right, watch what happens. That's good stuff. So my husband, you see a guy that's really sharp, you have a conversation with a gal or a a couple. Boy, my husband would love to meet you guys. Your husband would love to meet us? Why is that? Because he's a small business owner here. He's got a business that's really going and he's looking for really sharp people with good attitudes to work with. And man, I think you guys are exactly what he's looking for. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Do you ever look at any projects outside what you're doing right now? And you nod as you say it. And what do they do? Well, we would. Great. You need to call my husband. Or give me your number and I'll have him call you. All right? Now, how hard was that? Who's looking out there today? Honestly. Everyone. You are in a position where you better have a plan B, folks. I'm not trying to use fear to motivate you. It's time to wake up and smell a cappuccino. And just because you got a paycheck, my buddy Mike... Five years ago, finds out he's done working. My dad, at 58 years of age, had three or four strokes in an evening, and for the last 21 years of his life was an invalid. All right? Folks, that that can be today for anybody in this room, myself included. You have a finite amount of time to get this done. And if you're playing around with this shame on you, shame on you, and play with the financial future and the well-being of your family when you've got the ability to come out of it. You know what I pray for? That the Lord will give me the time to get done all the things I want to get done. That's what I pray for. Frank Luntz looked at us in Chicago, and here's what he said. There was 13 different lines of sponsorship represented there. He said, listen carefully. He said, why aren't you guys sponsoring 60-year-olds? And we all looked at him like, well, we, we thought we were supposed to sponsor 24 to 39, you know. And uh, he said, you're missing the largest demographic in the United States of America, the baby boomers. And so one of the guys at the meeting raised his hand. He said, well, I just brought a guy in 45. He said, I didn't say 45. He said, I said 55 and beyond, 60. He said 60-year-olds. And here's what he told us. Nobody in America believes they're going to retire at 65. The accepted age now is they're hoping they can get there by 68 Think about a baby boomer. They have business skills. They have built-in networks. These are energetic people. They don't believe they're getting old. They're going kicking and screaming into old age. Okay? They are the demographic that has dominated the world ever since they were born economically. They have families with kids that are the right age. Okay? These are competent people. And I'm not saying you should sponsor all 60-year-olds or all 24 to 39 or whatever the age group is. I'm saying you should sponsor everyone with gas in their tank. Okay, That's who you're looking for, is somebody that wants to go someplace and somebody that wants to do something. Do you understand when somebody starts to give me flack about this and I talk about generational transfer, how fast you can back somebody up? because they don't have anything close to what you have. And you guys in Sacramento would be part of that. You're doing some great things here in this area, so congratulations to you. But you're not doing anything close to what you can do. Nobody is, okay? We ought to be showing this thing. Napkin plan, you ought to show five, six napkin plans a week. Easy, easy. We've never had this kind of tools, okay? So I don't wanna, you know, I'm not just chastising you. Anybody that listens to this, let's get on this thing. Gosh. It's just great, all right? So the wife, the wife invite, all right? Let's keep moving on. Go to the next section. It's called the product approach, okay? Now, the product approach is something that's really been hanging around for about five years ago was when we started to play with it. But it's really gotten to be something that's really pretty cool right now, and we've got it refined down, and you're going to see the company really come out with some neat things this fall on it, okay? Let's talk about a product approach. First of all, you should carry the stuff with you. Now, there are two really good products that we have, excess and perfect water. Now, let me tell you why excess is good. It resonates with younger people. People my age don't drink energy drinks. They drink coffee. Okay? But we're required to drink water. We have an oxygenated water product. Those five bullets, purified, remineralized, ionized, microstructured, oxygen rich so it's great. So we've got two great products, and here's what's great. Energy drinks and water are huge consumable items out there. Now, we have a couple others you can substitute in. Rhodiola, twist tubes. I teach all of our guys, when you go to a restaurant, always have a twist tube with you, request a water, and then put a twist tube in the water in front of the waiter or waitress. Why? Because it's a conversation starter. Now, I also have to tell you this. It's a little weird if, you, unless you know them really, really well, to hand somebody a little pill like rhodiola, and say, "Take this, all right?" <laughs> Even if you break it out of a blister pack, okay? It's like they are gonna—they really look at you. And I've tried this, and it's like the looks you get are phenomenal, all right. And it just—all you can do is laugh about it, you know and then the twist tube, put this in your water and drink it, it's a little weird unless you know them well, all right? However, something that's 100% acceptable is if I give you a can of unopened water or energy drink, you're gonna open that up and not think anything weird of that. Now, lighted lip gloss. A, I'm disqualified from using that. I guess I'm technically not disqualified from using it, but I'm not gonna use it, all right? <laughs> B, it's an expensive sample. It's 15 bucks, and ladies, I don't know a lot about gals, but the gals tell me it's weird if you put it on your lips and you go, do you want to try some? <laughs> now guys will go, sure, and they'll go like this. You know, they don't care, they're just, you know, we used to share Coke bottles and all sorts of things like that, you know. You, you know what the really bad one was? When you put your peanuts in the bottom of the Coke and then you'd share it with one of your buddies. All right, you know, there's all that stuff floating around in there, it was awesome. Anyhow, that was the good old days, anyhow. So, uh, so the really best products we have are Excess and Perfect, okay? Those are our best products. Now, here's what I do. I have them in the car with me. I will have two to three in the car with me all the time. I just put them in the car, all right? And I keep a little cooler, uh, and I just pull them out of the refrigerator, drop them in a little cooler, and I throw them in the car when I'm going someplace. Besides, I like to have a cold excess and water to drink myself. I'll drink four to five waters a day, two to three excess every day, all right? So that's, that's, you know, that's part of my personal consumption deal. So what happens is this, is you've got one you can give as a sample. But when I go out mobile out of my car, I carry a can or a bottle with me everywhere I go. Now, I'll even get to the point where if I know the guy at the car wash working behind the car wash is a young guy, I'll bring excess. Okay, If there's an older guy working someplace, I'll bring water. Okay, if I'm going to a gym, I can bring both in, all right, and carry them. But what happens is, is you carry the stuff with you, and here's why: you get into a conversation with. I'm going to talk about small talk in a little bit. Les Giblin's book, How to Have Confidence Power, and Power in Dealing with People, a great chapter on small talk. You get into small talk, people. How you doing? Good. It's just, you know, boy, the Vikings are 0-2. What's going on there? You know, Favre can't seem to hit his receivers. Anything it takes to strike up a conversation. Giants are having a good year, by the way. Aren't you guys fired up? Half game in first place. Yeah, Linscombe won last night. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. You guys knocked the Rockies out last night, I think. All right? I love baseball. I love 49ers are not doing as good, all right? But I like Mike Singletary. And uh, so, you know, you've always got some sports, as people say, why are you such a sports nut? Because I can go any place in the country and talk sports, okay? You know, I was watching Joe uh, Joey Votto uh, bat when I left the room today. And so what happens, Cincinnati's having a great year. How long has it been since they won a division? 2002, I think, since they won a division championship. So it's great stuff. Anyhow, so what happens is, is you get into a conversation with somebody, and then as soon as you start to do this ladder building stuff, establish relationship, you say, Hey, can I ask you a question? Have you seen this? You ask them if they've seen the water or the excess. And they go, usually, no, what is it? Well, then what I do is I'll tell them just a little bit about the product. My belief is this is going to be ultimately the number one energy drink in the country and the number one drinking water in the country. And there's huge opportunity here. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Do you ever look at any projects outside what you're doing? That's it. Right on the spot. Bang. Bang. Okay. Now, if he says, oh, not really, you know, my wife's got a third job, so we don't really need a lot. I say, okay, great. You know, and I'm looking for some sharp, ambitious people to work with because my business is growing. Who would you have in mind? Okay. Now, here's the problem with that. I'll do that all day long, and it doesn't matter how I'm dressed. Okay, if I'm out just run around, I'll do that. A lot of you don't have any confidence in yourself, so you're afraid to say it. Let me tell you something, folks, you need to say it and you need to act it out and you need to be it. You need to, you need to mentally be where you're going. You need to be confident in what you're doing. Don't be timid, be bold and confident. You have the same business model Ron Pereira has. Okay? You have the same deal. And so don't back up to anybody on this thing and say it and mean it and understand what you have. Give yourself a good pep talk over and over. It won't be as effective at first, but you'll get good at saying it. And you'll believe you're heading there when you're out doing it. And your faith level goes up that it's really going to happen for you when you're acting. The problem is a lot of people don't have any action habit, so they're running around real timid and things like that and apologetic for what it is they aren't doing. So get in the hunt, okay, and make this thing happen. So I explain the product, I tell them there's opportunity. I say, you know, we could make a lot of you could make a lot of money with this. I'm gonna make a fortune with this, all right? And then go from there. I tell them, you know, what I'm using this for initially is a plan B. But ultimately, I know guys that have taken this to a plan A. Now, I tell them, I started off, and what I'm doing is a plan B. I was a schoolteacher, and now it's my plan A today. I haven't, had, I haven't worked for anybody since 1980. And I've got a business model that's rocking in this economy, because I've got great products like this, and I've got a way for people to make money. Now, folks, I'm just going to tell you, I can sit and talk like that all day long with somebody. Okay, and it's not anything I'm thinking off my notes or anything like that. It's just the situation you're in and you just learn how to react. And I've been doing it for 30 years. And after about 20, you get good at it, all right? Uh, it doesn't take 20. I'm just kidding, all right? Now, if you, you know, so there's, there's a couple transitional phrases. Now, there's a real easy one, Okay. There's like, you know, so that you maybe give them a can of excess, they express interest. I don't give water and excess away to people who don't express interest. But if a guy does, man, you hand him a cold can of excess or a cold bottle of water and they drink it, it's good. All right? Drink it. Go ahead and take a big gulp of it. All right? Take a big gulp. All right? You'll feel better. People say, is that a medical claim? No, I believe they do. You put something nice and cold in your body like that, it makes you feel better, all right? And so what happens is this, is you go out and you just tell them, I say, good, go ahead, take this. It'll make you feel better. You'll like the taste of this stuff. And away they go, so they start to drink it. Now, I go, if you think that product's cool, here's my transition now. And I'll do this right on the spot. Here's my transition. If you think that product's cool, you should see what else I'm doing because it's way more than just that product, whatever I gave them. And then they'll go, really? Or they'll look at you, and then I ask them, You got a minute? You got a minute? I nod. And guess what? They'll go, yeah. Almost always they'll go, yeah. Now, I'm not kidding you. I have been places where I have to borrow a piece of paper from somebody, or actually get a piece of paper because I'm not giving it back and borrow a pen. I'll give the pen back, all right? And then I'll sit there and show them a napkin plan right on the spot. Now, I give them the water, go ahead, take a big drink. I say, you love the taste of it. And they'll drink it, and then all of a sudden I'll go, let me show you something. You got a minute? And I take them right over here. All right, and I'll take and put a piece of it just like I did with Jason. All right, and what do I do? I show them a one minute napkin plan. And then when I'm done with the napkin plan, I say, now the only thing you and I need to do is we need to exchange numbers and then figure out a time we're gonna get together so I can show you how this thing really works. No pressure. I always take the pressure off. All right, that's it. Now, does that always work? Absolutely not. Okay, I've had people where I'm talking to and go, uh, have you seen this? You ever seen this product? Nope. Well, you know, I rep this online. Good for you. (laughs) And you know what I go? It is good for me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks thanks for saying that, because it is. All right? And I go, crap. I'm not going to get this guy. All right? (laughs) That happens all the time. How many of you have ever been fishing? Do you catch a fish every time you cast? No. No. In fact, if you're a musky fisherman, you all know what musky are. They don't have a lot of those here, but that's that's the king of the jungle in fresh water okay and uh, they're the baddest dude in the jungle and you go musky fishing it's an average of 3,000 casts to catch a fish and then you catch them and they throw them back <laughs> makes no sense to me alright yeah. <laughs> so what happens is is that you know that's that's the way the world works you're gonna cast a lot more than you're gonna catch it's just the way it is it's a fishing analogy alright so I think that's important but I'm gonna napcom plant them right on the spot now let me talk to you on a product approach about trigger points trigger points. You're going to hear when you drive um, a Dodge minivan, you... Look at all the other minivans going down the road. When you drive a Mercedes, you notice all the other Mercedes. When you drive a, whatever, a Ford truck, you notice all the other Ford trucks. There's something about us that when you have something, it triggers it in your consciousness. I had an accident at my Cadillac at the end of June over in eastern Wisconsin. I had to leave the car over there. And so when they get, when I drove home, they gave me a Buick Enclave to drive home. It was a nice little SUV. Okay. I had never, I didn't know what a Buick, when I walked up to it, I said, what is that thing? I was at the dealership. The guy goes, that's a Buick Enclave. I go, oh. And he said, "It's a nice truck. You'll like it." And I said, "Okay." So it's about a you know forty forty two thousand dollar little SUV, and it was nice, and it got good gas mileage on the way back, and it was great. You know, I drove her home from Wisconsin, three hundred miles, and so they gave me a Buick Enclave. I never knew what a Buick Enclave was. Now I see them all the time. I had never seen one before that. Okay. Now, same thing in this business. You get in this business, and things that were you were not aware of, you're going to become aware of. Other companies out there. Always got a better deal. Folks, it's laughable. It is absolutely laughable. There is nobody like us in this industry. We're a 50-year-old company, and we have generations of success. We've had people leave our business and get in other deals. I don't understand it. You just you just feel bad for them when they do. All right? It's just it's so funny. And P.T. Barnum talked about it. He said many many over a hundred years ago, there's a sucker born every minute. You know, and uh, and there is. Okay. So uh, it's just too bad, but it's it's laughable. I mean, when you really study the facts, it's just absolutely hilarious. And they'll have one. Product, two products, three products, four products, and we got your whole house. <laughs> well, I'm gonna do this because, and you know, and uh, I mean. so you become aware of that. What else do you become aware of? You become aware of somebody saying this trigger point. Now remember, a trigger point is where you get to pull the trigger. Okay? You got them all lined up, they're in the crosshairs, they've just said the right thing. All you gotta do is engage. Okay? Pull that 50 caliber trigger, let that thing fly. Alright? Are you ready? You know. It's really tight out there. And my wife's actually thinking about going back to work. Folks, that's a trigger point. That's a buying opportunity. There was some kind of church service or something or some kind of economic development deal that was like a revival at our hotel this morning. And this woman was up preaching. And she was saying, you know, things are tough out there. And everybody's going, amen, amen, amen. And they're all going like that. And I'm, so I can't help myself. I'm going down to work out, and I've got to walk by this room. So I walk by, I go all the way down into the hall, and I'm listening and stuff like that, and she says, you know, we've got to do something about this. And everybody goes, amen, amen, amen. And I'm going, this is a great meeting, all right? <laughs> so I go walking back. Now, I'll be honest with you. There was a part of me that just wanted to crash in there and go, I've got the solution for your economic <laughs> ills. I mean, I wanted to dive right in there. I, they probably would have thrown me out of the meeting because I wasn't invited, you know. But, man, I want to get in there. I'm going, I, I, I go, they need me in there is what they need. I'll preach it. Anyhow, so what happens is it was fun. But everybody's out there looking. So you're, the trigger point, okay? When somebody says, I just went to the doctor and he told me my cholesterol levels are way too high. What's that? A trigger point. Why? Do we have a product that might help? What's oh, What's it called? Cholesterol health. Yeah, we got a cholesterol health product, okay? I really want to lose weight, and I've been working out with a trainer, and I, I would do anything, I just need to, I want, I'm into healthy weight loss, and I want to lose some weight. We have a CLA. Okay, how many? Multivitamins. we got all those great products that we've got, okay? So you've got to have a little bit of knowledge on the products, okay? So trigger points, okay? When somebody says, man, my face looks like a, you know, it wore out three bodies. I can't believe I'm getting this old, okay? And it's a gal, okay? We have a skin care system, all right? Now, she may not say it quite that way. You know what I mean, you know? but Or I've got these dark circles or whatever it happens. You know, whatever women do. Those are all trigger points. So up until, now remember, a trigger point is an opportunity. Because if it's cholesterol health, let's pick on that one. One of the products that I rep is an awesome product called cholesterol health. You should try that and see if that helps your cholesterol level. Okay? And say so now what happens is say, well, yeah, I'd like to, you know, and by the way, okay, I've got a whole bunch of other things that we have, okay? In addition to the product, I've also got a great money making opportunity. Can I ask you a question? Do you know what the question is going to be? Do you ever look at any projects outside of what you're doing? Okay, and if they nod, and remember, I nod, do you ever look at any projects outside of what you're doing? Okay, and if they nod, I'm gonna say, you got a minute, let me show you something. Bam, napkin plan. Okay, and they were talking to me about cholesterol, and I turned that into napkin plan. Folks, when you get good at this, it's not a fair fight. It is not a fair fight. They don't even have to ask you what you do for a living. You know, years ago we used to teach you got to wait until I ask you what you do for a living. Heck, you don't have to wait for that, all right? You just need an affirmative that they'll look at a project outside of what they're doing and you're going to show it to them, okay? So that's the idea behind it. So you got to get on this product approach stuff and get the trigger points down. How about this one? This is my setup trigger point, because I can get anybody, anybody, you ready? Do you have a point during the day where you just kind of get really like tired and you just like to go down, lay down and take a nap? Everybody in this room's got multiple points in their day where they would just like to lay down and take a nap. And they go, Oh man, you know it. You know? I'm doing some stuff online. I'm starting off as a plan B, and my plan is to work it to a plan A, but we've got some unique products that we rep online that are unbelievable. There's huge money-making opportunity behind it. We got a product called Rhodiola 110. It's a green tea extract, and it's nature's energy. And I'm telling you, it is a great product. If you're really serious about wanting to try something like that, I can get you the product. And you could take a look at it. In addition to that, we also repping a couple other new products. There's huge money making opportunity. And man, you know, people can make a lot of money doing what I'm doing. Can I ask you a question? And they go, well, Yeah, what is it? Do you ever look at any projects outside of what you're doing? And if they go, No, not really. I go, Okay. Do you know anybody who does? Folks, you're like a machine, okay? And you just keep doing it. You can set them up any time you want, okay? You know, how many have ever showed the plan to somebody? Raise your hand. Go back and get them again. That's a good place to start, okay? How do you get them again? With a new product, Rodiola 110, okay? Lighted lip gloss if it's a gal. Don't try and show that to a guy. That may not work as well, all right? But you get the point, all right? So a product approach with a trigger point. Way you go, all right? And then lastly on product approach, we started here and we're gonna end here. Carry the stuff with you. Samples, samples, samples. I got a guy in my group calls it the junk in your trunk. Now, I understand junk in your trunk can mean something else, too, all right? So I got that part. I'm not naive to the ways of the world. But um, samples, have samples with you, carry samples with you so you've got them. And if I asked you honestly, and I'm not going to do it, how many of you here honestly carry samples with you and you go out the door each day? You'd know why you're not growing because most of you don't do it, okay? Can I say something really controversial? If you've got satellite or cable TV and you don't have money for sampling, I don't think you're serious about this. If it's an either-or, it's your future or satellite TV, and satellite TV is your deal. If you're an Apple freak and you got to have the latest and greatest iPhone stuff, I don't think you're serious about your future. You're just you're just playing with it. It's nonsense. You people say, well, you people say, well, yeah, but you know they don't like it when you mess with them. Okay, but most of you aren't my group, so I don't care anyhow. All right, but. <laughs> I'm kidding, I care, all right? But what happens is this, is how serious are you? I'm talking about all in. I'm talking about getting this thing done. I'm talking about taking the resources you got, going out and getting some clients, getting your volume up, sponsoring some people, getting rid of the stupid stuff, the nonsense in your life, and anything that's standing in your way that's an impediment to you moving forward. And if you can't make your rent payments and you got the latest version of the Apple computer, okay, or the iPhone or the iPad or the, or the, the latest Droid or whatever it happens to be, and you can't make your bills and you can't build this business. It's crazy. It's nonsense. These kids that go out in the bars at night and, you know, they pay seven bucks for a YAG bomb. Makes me so mad. Crazy. All right. Enough on that. Okay, so samples. All right. Always carrying it with me when I get out of the car. Always carrying it with me when I get out of the car. Let's move off product approach. Let's go to the next area. Your calendar. Your calendar. Now, you've got to be ready all the time. It's a free flow deal, so you're always approaching people. You're always talking to people. But I like to book my calendar a week to a week and a half out, minimum. OK? I, I, I was never real good at, now, some people can, but I was never real good at scrambling for meetings. OK? So two ways. I, you can go through the week, building your name list as you go, and then calling people throughout the week. Or you can go through the week, building your name list as you go, and maybe Sunday night's your night to call. Sunday night's a great night to call people and get a hold of them. But I like to just be on the phone all the time, OK? I'm just making it It used to be Sunday night years ago, but I've kind of melded into now. I'm just always working the phones whenever I can. Try to make a couple of live phone calls into my group every day. And I try to make sure I'm following up with the new people I need to be talking to, all right? So I think that's important. Now, if you're going to make phone calls, have a place either in your mobile device, your computer, piece of paper you carry in your wallet, I don't care what it is, but have the names and numbers there so when you start making calls, you can donate some time to it and you get the calling done that you need to do. And you can work through your name list. If you're hunting for names and little pieces of paper, floaters all the time that are out there, sticky notes and all that kind of stuff, it's crazy. You've got to have a place where all your names are concentrated, okay? So get your names in front of you. Get that second, that list of 30 names that we talk about. And when you sit down and call, you can get on a roll. And boy, how many notice when you get that first one under your belt, man, that second, third, fourth call just come easy, man, it's like you're flowing now. And you get success in some of those calls, man, now you can't wait to call the next one. And I used to get up and go, don't touch me, I'd tell Sandy, I'm so hot, you know, you'll burn yourself if you touch me right now and stuff like that, you know? So it's fun, all right? So if you're a new people, a new person, if you're new people listening to this, uh, spend a consistent period of time on the thro- phone for two or three weeks, and you're going to have good things happening for sure. Um, never end on a negative call. I, I refuse to end on a negative call. I don't call people past 10 at night. 9.30 to 10 is about time to sh- shut her down, OK, unless you know it's somebody that's a real night, you know, night owl type person. Um, When I'm booking my calendar, I always have several times available, but not the whole week. I'll have a Tuesday or a Thursday. I've had Wednesday night wide open. The guy says, well, the only night I've got this week is Wednesday. I go, oh, no, all I've got is Tuesday or Thursday. We'll have to look at the following week because I'm not going to change my mind after I told him Tuesday or Thursday. All right? That's posture. I'm not going to have a wide open week when I'm booking an appointment. Um, I love this question. What looks good for you next week? What looks good for you next week? Remember, throughout the approach, I'm telling people there's two things I'm looking for, somebody who can keep an appointment, and return phone calls. I'm looking for accountable people to work with, all right? And so that's something that's always there, always there. I'm always using that in my approach. And it's true, and again, it's a good life lesson for people, all right? So returning calls, keeping appointments, and if somebody knows shows you, or somebody doesn't show up, somebody doesn't return your phone call, I'm going to message this to him. and I'm going to tell him we have a problem right now. We have an accountability issue. And if we are not going to be able to work together if you can't do this. So I want to help you with this and just let you know that this is the way it's got to be. And you know, so I'm always reinforcing that and always trying to encourage people that you've got to be able to return phone calls, you've got to be able to keep appointments, you've got to be accountable. If, if, you're going to, if you're going to do anything great in life, you got to be able to do that, okay? So I think that's important. In fact, I owe my sister a phone call right now. I just remembered that, all right? <laughs> all right, let's talk about the importance of the spouse. 80% of the decision-making process is with the spouse. 80% of the decision-making process is with the spouse, and he's got the research to back it up. Now, we've known for years you've got to get it in front of the husband or the wife if they didn't see the plan. I didn't realize it was 80%. And we wonder why we're maybe not getting the kind of result that we should get. And so you need to work very hard at getting this in front of the spouse, okay? And the reason is, is because the reason is, he's not going to be able to explain it. let us I'm going to say a guy to a gal. He's not going to be able to explain it. Your wife can't make a decision on it without seeing it properly. You won't be able to explain it to her. I don't want to have to explain it multiple times. That's why I want his wife to come to the meeting, etc. okay? I'll bring my wife... I tell people she helps me with the books. Heck, she runs the books, all right? I don't tell them that, though, because I got an ego, all right? Um, uh, you know, I, I've, I've told guys, look, I don't want to argue with you. I'll bring my wife, you bring yours, OK? <laughs> and they go, OK. You know, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. So what if you're going to bring your wife? You know, I can't get my wife to come. And, and so it's crazy. And I got a young kid right now I'm working with. His wife doesn't really want to sit down and take a look. So I cheated. I talked to her mom. And uh, I told her, I said, here's what I told her mom. I said, look, this kid's ready to go. And she's not getting with it right now. And she could be so good. I know this couple can do great. So we just need to get her to sit down. So that's all I needed to say. And now I know the mom will take care of it. All right. And uh, so that's good. You you don't have to fight fair. You just fight. Okay. And any way you can, anything you can do. All right. So I think, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I want both decision makers there. And I've had guys say, "Well, I make the decisions in my household," and I go, "You really expect me to believe that?" <laughs> that's what I say. <laughs> You're the first man I've ever met okay that'll say that. They're not the first one that'll say it, but I'm not going to believe it. All right. And so that's a. Uh, and I tell them, "Hey, look, my wife helps me a lot with what we do here. It's a, she's very much part of it. my whole family's involved. I've got you know all that stuff. So I think that's important for you too. All right. So that's just having a spouse around. Now, section ten, I believe this is." Is this Amway? Now this is an important part of what we're gonna talk about right now, okay? Is this Amway? Well, first of all, you better get ready for it. And I don't think it works telling people, no it's not. Okay, because that's, that's just not true, all right? No, it's my own deal. Look, when they ask is it Amway, stand and defend it, okay? There's enough to defend right there. Yeah, it's Amway, have you seen the ads? And I, and I say, and it's important you understand the relationship. And the truth is, and I, and, I go, and then I go proactive, this is the best company in America. And I'm going to prove it to you right now. Okay? I talk about our environmental track record. When I show the Planet Seven tonight, you'll hear me do this, all right? I talk about the environmental track record of this company. It is unbelievable. I talk about our products. I talk about the fact that our products are 100% guaranteed for 180 days, best guarantee. I talk about our pricing and the price cuts that we did. and. Uh, Away we go. And so I stand all over that. I talk about the fact that there's generational transfer going on. There's five decades of success. We have grandparents working with their grandchildren successfully in this thing. This is your chance, here's a big buzz phrase, to have a family-owned business and to work with your children and to build something in concert with them. And we do that better than anyone in America. So, yes, it's Amway. And obviously you didn't know a lot about it. And so what happens now is you take that, what could be a potential negative, and you back them up. You scramble them before they scramble you, okay? And so I want to put them right back on their heels in a nice way when they say that, okay? And then they'll go, and I'll say, and if you haven't seen it, this is my last point on Amway, if you haven't seen it in the last 12 to 18 months, you are missing it by a mile. So, you better learn to stand and defend it. And the truth is, this company, it, because of their debt free status, gives you the best chance to move the ball forward with things that you're using every day. Let me show you something. You got a minute, and I'm going to show them the napkin plan. And I'm going to show them. Now, and and, and, and when, I, when I get bold with the napkin plan, I want you to tell me what you can say no to. I want you to think real hard, and you tell me what you can say no to on that. And then when I get done, I go, well, now what do you think, Amway? Now, at worst, you're going to slow them down. At best, you're going to turn them. Okay? And you'll know what kind of response to give them when they say, well, would this have anything to do with Amway? Or, this wouldn't have anything to do with Amway, would it? I'm going to respond different to those two people. Okay? You bet your life it has to do with Amway, and it's obvious by your response you don't know what you're talking about. And then you want, you, you now you think you didn't set him back on his heels with that? Folks, why play chess when you can have verbal fisticuffs like this? This is just awesome. Okay? I mean, and, and people say, well, you, you, you got, you just, you got a smart mouth on you. And I do. Okay? But I didn't have it always. I just used to get mad and want to hit people and stuff like that. Now I just like to embarrass them. All right? But if some, you can tell how people respond. And so you get all over this thing in a good way, and away you go, but you gotta be able to stand and defend this business, all right? And um, it's okay to tell them you're affiliated with them, but it's not okay to say no. We don't do that. We don't invite people over for pool parties and spring the Amway sales and marketing plan on them. I've never actually met anybody who did that, but I've met people who said that's what happened. We were invited over for a dinner party, and then they talked about Amway. They set this little board up and talked about Amway. That's wrong, folks. If you're going to invite them for an opportunity, you need to invite them for an opportunity. If you're going to talk about the product, you need to talk about the product. Let them know it in advance. Okay? And then I pitch this. this is the last thing I pitch in this business. You ready? Whatever it is you're doing, there's different ways to do what you're doing. And obviously, within the realm of the Amway business, there's a lot of different ways to do this. And so have you ever seen it? I don't think so. I don't know. Okay? Well, that proves you haven't seen what's going on. Okay? Here's another way to handle it. Say, well, obviously, then you know about the generational transfer that this business has. Can you explain the whole integration process to me? Because I'm a little bit confused on it. Well, wow, well, you know, I understand how the concept works. Okay, and then here's my always been my answer. Well, that's the most important part of the concept. And so, unless you can explain that, you really don't understand. So, could you please explain it to me conceptually? Now what do you do? You've got them all screwed up in their head. All right, they're going. All the synapses are going like that. And now you can roll. You've stopped them dead in their tracks. Okay, you just had a great big old water buffalo hit them, and you hit them with a .458 Winchester right between the horns. All right, you've slowed them down now. Now you can go on the offensive and you can counter-parry. Okay, but if all you're doing is trying to defend and let them just jump all over you and rain on your parade, you're not going to win, folks. It takes a long time to learn this stuff. This is critical stuff. And if you didn't have the ability to do it, I wouldn't be here today, okay? You can do this thing, absolutely. When you hear the rally portion of tonight, you'll understand how little we knew coming into it, all right? Let's go to the next step, fine-tuning, okay? This is your fine-tuning, of, you know, fine-tuning your invite, all right? You're going to hear a lot of people say a lot of different things about invite and approach. Rob from the people you like. If something sounds good to you, commit it to paper. If it sounds good, write it down, practice it, and learn it. We've done that a lot. If it feels good to you, it'll probably feel good to your prospect. Role playing is important because it allows you to think on your feet a little bit and come up with some good responses. Most of the responses I have are about the same as they've always been. All right, I just pull them out in different spots and use them. So the role playing is huge. Husband and wife do that, up line and down line, and away you go. Now, ladies, men, if one of the spouses is approaching somebody, get out of the way and give them a lot of room. And don't give, don't give unsolicited criticism. People don't want unsolicited criticism. If one of you is approaching someone, I would suggest the other leave the room and go someplace, a quiet place, and pray that it continues. All right? <laughs> Pray for a good result, okay? I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to short circuit that. And if you come up and get, you know, and, and I know Cassandra did this to me one time back in the early days, and I still remember it vividly today. She said, Well, you're doing this and you're doing that. And we were just the seven. And I said, You're not supposed to do this. Now, she's not inviting anybody. I'm in my house with no air conditioning, sweating over a, a trimline phone. Okay, getting busy signals on a Sunday night, and I finally get somebody on the phone, and I'm working my best, sweating my butt off in my non-air-conditioned home in August of 1979, trying to get somebody in front of this plan. And as soon as I get off the phone, she comes downstairs and tells me what I'm doing wrong. We had a high-volume discussion, all right? (laughs) Because I was mad, all right? I was mad, all right? And I learned right there, that's not a good thing, all right? That's just not a good thing. It doesn't foster strong relationship ties, all right? Just don't criticize. If they're doing something, let them make all the mistakes in the world. You know, I remember uh, uh, working with people over the years and people who just aren't real good in the beginning. My brother, I can't promise you anything. He was saying something. I thought that was good. You know, I'm not going to criticize that. I'm just going to encourage that to go for it. You know, every once in a while I'll say, well, that's good. If you really want to add a little more to it, you, you might say something like this, Okay. This would be another possibility. That's that's my criticism. That's as far as I'll go with people. All right. So give give the other spouse room on the phone. Okay. If somebody says no to me, I go for the referral first, and I want I want to know if they want to be taken off my list entirely, or maybe I should maybe check back with them in six months. Most time they'll say, well, check back with me in six months. Okay. Uh, so that's good. Um, somebody who's had a bad experience with this industry. Okay. In the whole direct sales, network marketing type deal. They've had a bad experience. Here's my question. Have you ever had a bad experience with somebody in the car business? Raise your hand if you've had a bad experience in the car business, raise your hand. Yeah, that's most people in the room, okay? At least the ones that aren't too tired to raise their hand, all right? And so so everybody's had a bad experience in the car business. June 30th, there was a three-lane highway. The first lane's wide open. Cars are going about 45 miles an hour. I got my Cadillac, I take and I look left at first lane, I go, I'm just going to jump on that, and I'm going to jump on Highway 41 and I'm going to head north. I was over in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, and I started to pull out, and the next thing I know, I saw something flash across my front bumper, and I got hit. And my car flew about 35 feet, knocked it up on the side of the curb, crushed the left front of it, and a five-ton truck went right over my left wheel, okay, and just flattened it right on the ground. And about $13,000 worth of damage, and man, I got snapped around. It's a good thing I'm a highly conditioned athlete, okay, because could <laughs> a guy my age could have been hurt, okay. And uh, the guy in the truck said, I thought I killed you. Well, what happened, he was coming down on the second lane doing 45 miles an hour, and I didn't see him, okay. So it was a bad deal. It was a bad deal, okay. That's a bad car experience. Guess what? I got that car back now and I'm driving it again. Okay? And everybody has a bad experience in the car business. That doesn't mean you quit driving cars. If you got roughed up by a salesman one time or a bad dealership, you just don't go there anymore. But you go back. It's, we're, we're, the, we're the good dealers in the business. So I tell people that. Okay? I talk about it. If you haven't seen this thing in the last three or four years, it's a brand new day. It was April 3rd of 2006. We launched the web tour. Okay, That was the first time we ever really went online with any kind of training or anything like that. Were we a little bit late to the party? Probably. Okay? 9-1 of 2010 is when the whole transformation at the company was over. 9-1 of 2009 is when they started slashing prices. It's unbelievable what this company's done. So you've got a lot of reasons to go back and talk to people all right, about this business, and you've got a lot of things that you can bring up with a stubborn person that hasn't taken a look at this thing, you know, and, uh, you know, if if, if they uh, had a bad experience in this industry, just tell them it's different, okay, and uh, if you get somebody who's really stubborn, I just throw the rule book out, and I speak from the heart, and I tell them what I've seen, you know, at some point in time, you just bail, you forget all the technique, and you just talk, all right, when people say, I don't have any money to invest, we're fully capitalized, I'm not looking for your money, okay, I'm an opportunity guy, I'm not a, Venture capitalist. I'm not looking for money, all right? What's the name of your company? I tell them. It's Power Wave Marketing Group. That's the name of my company. Carry a business card. Okay. You know my business card that I carry the most? It's a really nice uh, glossy white with raised gold lettering that says Hawkins Enterprises Incorporated. It says William E. Hawkins, President and Founder. And it's got my voicemail number on it. And that's my card. People go, what about your website and all that? I don't have a lot of success having somebody go to my website to look what I do. In fact, I have had zero success with anybody going to my website to look at what I do. So I have a website that I will take them to. Okay? I'm not I just don't want them to go in and cruise around. Once they've been in there, they can go back and look anytime they want. But I want to give them the tour. So I choose to have a pretty plain generic business card and then I'll put on the back of it which is not glossed, I'll write down the information that they need. Okay, That might be my mobile number, it might be my email address, it might be my website. But I choose what to give them. I'm just not going to Frisbee cards out there. So I'm very selective in how I use a business card. But having a card is really an important thing, especially if it has the name of your company on it. Okay, I had a guy one time ask me, I learned this from Theron, he goes, what's Hawkins Enterprises? I go, that's what you put on your card when you don't want to tell somebody what you're doing. And he looked at me like I was strange. I said, I don't want the card to tell you what I'm doing. I want to tell you what I'm doing. I mean, so that's the idea behind it. So what's the name of your company? Tell them, all right? Dress. And more than dress, personal hygiene, okay? I think you can be out in a pair of blue jeans out running around during the day in a nice shirt or something as long as your personal hygiene is good, okay? I shave every day. First of all, I don't like stubble, but I just like to shave. If you're a smoker, you've got to really work hard to cover that up. All right, That's, that, you're becoming a dinosaur if you smoke cigarettes right now, okay? And the, in fact, they make you stand outside now. You can't even do that inside in a public building anymore, you know? And state employees, and I'm sure in California, the same as Minnesota, right? Yeah, you can't, I mean, there's, I think there's, what, four states left where you can smoke in a restaurant? It's unbelievable. And so, you know, that's, a, that's not a, what you'd call a real enduring thing, okay, if you have cigarette smoke all over you. So you've just got to be careful. My wife's got a nose like a retriever. She doesn't like cigarette smoke, okay? <laughs> so I'm not down on you if you smoke, you've just got to be good at covering it up, okay? Um, you know, it's probably good. You know, I've got Invisalign braces I'm wearing. Not right now, I took them out to do this. But I've got Invisalign braces, I'll wear them the rest of the day. People go, well, why do you, you're 59 years old, why do you have braces? My cr- teeth were crooked, okay? <laughs> And after fifty-eight years, I got sick of it. And I go, I'm going to fix them, all right. And then I'm going to have veneers done in the front, and I'll have a perfect mouth. And so when I'm in my casket, I'll have a big smile. And everybody, else. the only instruction I've told Sandy is show those teeth. I got a lot of money invested in them. Okay, I'll be the only guy with my mouth open and my lips pried back. Okay, because, <laughs> yeah. I got a nice Mercedes walking around in my mouth. Anyhow, so what happens is unbelievable. And I have really had, it's amazing what they're, now he's moving them up and down. They can do all sorts of things with that stuff. It's the craziest thing. All right, so let's get back on the subject. That was a little bit of an ADD moment. Let me get you back. Okay. So your dress, your hair length, the way you attire. Um, I got a young kid right now that's looking at trying to get back in the business. He's just stone broke. He's got piercings and tattoos all over his body. And I was getting a message the other day from his upline, and I just feel so bad for this kid. Because, you know, I'm glad I missed it. Look, when I came through in the 60s and 70s, tattoos, nobody was doing it. And I'm glad, because I'd have had one somewhere, okay? I mean, I wouldn't have gone crazy, but I'd have had one somewhere. And I did, the, you know, I did the long hair thing, and I smoked dope, and I drank, and I did a lot of stupid stuff that kids do. But I really feel bad for this kid, because he's permanently scarred himself, and he can't find work. Nobody wants to hire him. He looks Wild, and he's a nice kid. He's a nice kid. I really, my heart goes out to these kids who make decisions like that when they're young and then you know, take the consequences of them throughout their life. And so, uh, um, you, know, you just want to be as normal as you can be, okay, when you're out there. Be as relatable as you can be. Keep that funnel as wide as you can, all right? And then be confident, don't back up. Be confident, walk with an air of expectancy and be proud of what you have and don't back up. You're in business in the best place in the world, in the best place in the world with the best best coaching and teaching I've ever seen, and I see it all, folks. My position on the board, I can tell you who they are, where they're at, and what they do. I've seen them all, and I've seen them all for years. And I'm not gonna put any of them down, because I don't think that's the right way to operate, but I'm gonna tell you you're in the best, okay? And you can know that coming from a guy like me. You can, and I'm not just telling you that because I'm, I'm in the best. If I wasn't, I'd be, if, it, if this were the best, we'd be A, doing something else, or I'd be someplace else. Because I've seen it all. With every ounce of Ron Pereira's body, he's going to follow the rules that the company puts down. All right? And we've always done that. And that's why we're still here. And that's how right now we're not, we're not positioned to, uh, to grow. We're not uh, waiting for this big spike to happen. It's happening right now. And so if you're one of these walking around, well, you know, what's wrong with me? let might you know, here's, okay. I'm a little off the subject. I'll have to figure out if we're going to keep this in or not. But this is important. The four most important words in this business. Are you ready? The four most important words in this business. Show me your calendar. Show me your calendar. Because if your calendar's full, you're growing. And if your calendar's not, you're not. End End of seminar, right there. All right, that's all we needed to say. All right, now let's move on to the next section, meeting people, okay? Talked years ago about the ladder building deal. Let me just show you, I have a board here and I'll describe it for the people that can't see it. I think I have one of the markers in my pocket. I usually come home with two or three markers after every function I do. But anyhow, uh, this is the ground floor and this is a step ladder, okay? And this is the first story, the second story, the third story, the fourth story, okay? So if I have this ladder and I push it up against the building, it's an extension ladder, and I put it halfway up the first floor and I say to you, hi, how are you doing? And you go, great, how are you? We've now gotten to the first floor. I salvoed it, you push the ladder the rest of the way up. I say, do you live around here? And you say, yeah, I live in Rockland. Okay, And you go, so now we've got to the second floor. Well, what do you do for work in Rockland? Well, I'm a postman. Okay, great, you work for the US Postal Service? Uh-huh, okay, great. What do you do for the Postal Service? And he says, I'm in charge of security so nobody gets shot at the post office or something like that. I don't know what people do at the post office, all right? So now I've gone one, two, three, four, five stories high with this guy. Between four to seven exchanges, you now have the beginnings of a relationship with this person. All right. So you want to learn to ask those questions, okay, and see if you get a proper response. That's ladder building. That's what I call ladder building. Okay. So you get into that. So four, five, six, seven exchanges. Now you're starting to have a relationship with this guy. All right. Question two is always, "Do you live around here? How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? Great. Uh, do you live around these parts? Yeah, I live right over in Rockland. Okay. It's always my second question. I can get to second floor with anybody. Alright? Now every once in a while, like one in a hundred people will go, Why do you want to know where I live? You know, or something like that. I go, Oh hey, forget it. You know, I just, you know, what do you say when they go, Why do you want to know that? I go, oh, geez. Because I'm trying to approach you for Amway. That's why I want to know that. <laughs> but that kind of blows the approach if you tell them that, all right? So it's really tough, all right? They get you, well, anyhow. All right, a little comic relief there, all right? Now, questions. These are questions you can commit to paper, and you should get, what do you do for a living? That was number three. How long have you been doing it? Do you like it? Do you see yourself doing it the rest of your life? you ever thought about doing anything else? You got any projects on the outside going? Do you ever look at any projects outside what you're doing? Does your wife work? What does she do? Do you have any kids? It's all designed to take you to a place where I can, Get the message. Are you pretty well locked into what you're doing, leaving your options open? You know, all those kinds of questions that are out there. You got, any, you got anything else going on the side? What's your plan B? All those kinds of things that you can ask, okay? And I just have them just, just kind of in my head, rattling around, away they go. And then the transition is the reason I'm asking this stuff is because I've got a business model. I've got a, I'm a small business owner, and I have a business that's growing. I'm always on the look for somebody sharp and ambitious. You got a minute, I'll show them the plan. Okay, show them a quick napkin plan greatest two step in the history of the business is the napkin plan underutilized unbelievably, but it is the greatest program for finding out where people are really at because they can 't say no to anything okay Are you using the stuff at the store of course you 're using the store I mean who can say no to anything on that okay If they say no to the napkin plan they 're irrational that 's the only thing you can dis- that 's the only thing you can come up with all right so the questions are important, okay? And then I love to tell people you strike me as somebody who's ambitious, etc." and away we go. And then I, I, the worst I wanna get is a name and a phone number. Name and contact information. I like name, phone number, email. Because if I got their phone number, I can text them. If I got their email, I can email, them, all right? I don't try to communicate with people through Facebook and all that kind of stuff. If any of you know, my Facebook stuff is, I got like 400 friends, I know every one of them. And I got a lot of my friends that aren't my friends on Facebook okay, because I don't like their friends, okay, and if you're friends with somebody I don't like, I'm going to get rid of you and all those friends, okay, that's the truth, all right, Facebook is a great place for a social network, I don't think it's a place to cross line in a business, I really don't, okay, and I know it's cool because you want to be friends with the diamonds and stuff like that, trust me, that ain't cool, all right, uh, I want to take advice from somebody who's linked to me financially, that would be Theron and Ron, and I can't find them on Facebook, all right I just can 't do it. I also like to have a facebook site it 's been a great way over the years my space to keep an eye on my kids all right and what they 're posting on their sites and stuff like that i 've always liked doing that, and every company in America 's doing that today all right and uh so, you know, I just I think it's okay, but I'm, I want to communicate the old-fashioned way, and it's a relationship business, so I think it's really important for us to have a voicemail, or excuse me, a phone number, an email address, and then I can text these. And I do a lot of texting, okay? I've got a guy, my next-door neighbor and I are sitting down Sunday night, and I'll text him when I hit the ground in Minneapolis, and then what we'll do is we'll figure out what time we're going to get together on Sunday night. I saw him yesterday and talked to him for a little bit. You know, it's just, uh, I think texting is great from that standpoint. So it's just important to get a name and a number. And when I've got that contact information, now I can run with it and away we go. So it's good stuff. All right. So that's just on meeting people. Let's give you some final tips and we'll be done. Um, Put the stuff that you need to have, the real key things that you need to learn. Put them in front of you on a regular basis. Carry it with you, and when you have a spare minute, read it, okay, and go through it. Make sure that you do role play, all right? And um, when you get stuck, I have two things that I say when I get stuck, and if I'm in the middle of a conversation and I'm not quite sure where it's going or I didn't hear it or I don't know what to say, I'll say, pardon me, and I'll have them repeat it. Or, "I'm I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Or, huh, you know, huh? Huh, that's a good one, all right? So that works, all right? If you need a little bit of spare time, you know, you can say, pardon me, could you say that again? And uh, just have them repeat it. And then while you're doing that, you're thinking like crazy, okay, what do I need to say for this? Okay, that's good, okay? It buys you a little bit of time. Um, I'm still a believer, if you're at home, of having a pot or a pan on a counter for new people. I'm still a believer in that. Because if you get tongue-tied, you can always knock it off the counter, let it bang around real good, okay? <laughs> and then say, oh man, I got to let you go. I just knocked something off the counter. It's not a lie. You did. All right? (laughs) You don't have to tell them whether it was on purpose or not, Okay, But that really works for new people, I'm telling you. And when you're really working the phones there, how many of you have had a time where you just want to get off the phone? Yeah, Yeah, and you just can't, it just isn't going well. You're not saying the right things. You're getting beat up. That's where the old pan on the counter is really your best friend, Okay. (laughs) Something that's big and loud. Best thing would be like a cymbal on concrete or something like that, you know? I've actually had it where I knocked it off the counter and take the phone and let it, you know, <laughs> oh man, I gotta let you go. You know, I'm sure it sounded like a gong going off in there area and stuff like that. So, role play, I've talked about that so much today, but practice, practice, practice. Get it to the uh huh phase, we've talked about that. Be able to teach this stuff to new people, all right? This is way more than you need to get started. Um, get your people into the business if you want the three let 's take the business and break it down to the three simplest elements you ready here 's all you need to do and now there 's there's, there's sublets to this whole thing, but the three basic elements are number one, you use your own stuff one hundred percent. If you can buy it from yourself, you buy it from yourself. You become a great client in this business, and you don 't buy things that you can buy from yourself from other stores that 's num- rule number one okay. Rule number two is you talk to everybody. You talk to them about being a client. You talk to them about being a, 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 an IBO. You approach everybody. You, you, everybody you look at, is you're figuring out how to approach them. And then rule number three is you get a continuing education. So that's important, all right? This is where you get this stuff down. I'm a big believer in putting your dreams and the things you want in your refrigerator and refreshing them every six months, keeping yourself motivated. It's not easy to get up off the couch and go out and do what you're supposed to do, or maybe you know, putting names in your list is hard work. And so you've got to go out and be where people are at. You've got to reach out. You got to. You risk rejection. That's not easy. It's easier to sit on the couch and eat a bowl of ice cream every night when you come home from work and watch you know, Dancing with the Stars. And, uh, but that's not going to get you where you want to go, is it? I had a sign on my desk when I was teaching, I will do today what others will not do. I will do tomorrow what others cannot do. My friends that I grew up with, they just look at me and they go, I was at my lake home yesterday morning. I got a call this morning from the guy that takes care of my boats and he had a question. I dropped two boats off yesterday morning. He said, are you up here? I said, no, I'm in Sacramento, California. He goes, Sacramento, California? He said, you were just here yesterday. I said, it only takes about three hours to fly out there. That's what I told him. (laughs) He started laughing. He goes, man, you're everywhere. He goes, I am, I'm Chicken Man, I'm everywhere. But anyhow, so did you have Chicken Man out here in the 60s? You did? He's everywhere, he's everywhere? Chicken Man, did you have him out here on the radio? Yes. Oh, one person that remembers Chicken Man? Wow, well you guys really missed something in your social development if you don't have Chicken Man, all right? <laughs> uh-huh. All right, so you get it down, teach it to your people, get your dreams up. Now, get 30 names with a number behind them, okay? Get them ready to go. First call's the most difficult. Be consistent in your prospecting. How many names a week? I think, minimally, five names a week. That gives you two days off on the weekend, but five names a week, minimum of five new names. You put 20 new names, five names, five approaches, five napkin plans, whatever it is per week, and watch how your life changes. And you'll show a much more effective plan to those people because if you know you can go get names, you're not going to be begging that one to get in because most people are ineffective because they have a short name list. So if you can get out ahead of that, it's really good. And you will get smooth, and you will get confident in it, and you will become great at teaching it to people. Posture, posture, posture. You're part of the best opportunity business in the world. Act like it, okay? You've got something better than they've got and you're giving them a chance to be financially free, transfer money to their future generations, Uh, if if, if they're looking great, don't beg anyone to get in. Don't beg anyone or even give the hint you're begging them. It's a mistake. Look where we're at, all right? This economy is tough. It's going to be tough for a long time. There was a lot of economists that thought whoever, whoever was elected on this election cycle was a sitting duck as president. There was nothing they were going to be able to do about it. And uh, I, you know, and then you take a look at the massive debt that we've accrued, and what's happened, and it, it kind of—it's—it's it's wood ticks, lunatics, politics, folks. It's all the same. All right. I mean, it's just—it's so. If you're sitting here today and you're looking for a political solution, there isn't one. All right? You've got the solution right in your hands. You've got the wherewithal to make this happen. And uh, we'll continue to move this thing forward. I will continue to stay on this cutting edge. Look, I'm 59. I'm not dead. I'm not going to let you young guys get away from me. I can outwork any of you. I don't have a job. All right? And so uh, I'm not going anywhere. We're going to be in the hunt. We're going to be in the process. I'm going to be, I, I figure I'm going to dog this thing until I'm 70. I've got my kids coming behind me, and they're doing an awesome job with this thing. We're building generational transfer, we're doing it the way it's supposed to. Trevor Baker, okay? You got the Tillis kids in here, right, in this room today. You've got uh, 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 Pete Hershelman, Jr., okay, here, who is just one of the Hershelman's, some of the neatest people I know in this business, okay? You've got uh, Jim Pereira, okay, and Kelly. You've got Ryder and Nicole. Nelson Erickson, okay, you've got David Felber and Jamie. You've got so many great examples, and it's happening right before your eyes. We ought to be screaming this from the mountaintops, folks. We've got great stuff. I've got my kids coming along. I hope you create an environment where your kids come with you, and you know what will create that environment? You give them something so great to lose, they can't say no to this opportunity, all right? There's nothing else my kids can do economically that'll ever benefit them like building this business, and they know that. And we've always kept a positive thing around the house about it. So a lot of information here today. This is almost like a root canal for me to give a talk like this because when I have to stay on point this long and can't hardly wander off at all, I did a few times, it just about kills me. But I really appreciate you coming out, and I hope you got something out of this, and I hope you take the message and really go forward with it. God bless Dave. Okay.
0: While the techniques and approaches suggested in this presentation may have worked for others, no one can guarantee that they will work for you. We hope, however, that the ideas presented here will assist you in developing a strong and profitable business. It is important to emphasize that success in any business opportunity does not come without hard work. Purchase of this product is optional and subject to the refund policy described in your purchase agreement for business support materials. Purchase of future business tools can be discontinued at any time. The financial achievements depicted in this presentation may reflect income from sources other than AMWIC, such as earnings from the sale of professional development materials or other businesses and investments. Experience has shown that IBOs who build the most successful businesses do three things. They sell to retail customers, register others to become IBOs, and develop product knowledge by purchasing products for personal use. This presentation is intended for existing IBOs only and is not authorized for use with prospects.